0: Is a little too early for being that loud? Hey, too late. It's 0600. What's the O stand for? Oh my God, it's early. Smoking.
1: Smoking,
2: smoking. When I wake up every morning as I'm
1: getting up, I hit it up. Now I'm it up.
2: That is right. We are a new life, son of a bitch, and we have poured a cup and rolled up, and we are here with you. For episode five of Coffee and Chronic. And as I said before, I'm Phoenix. And I'm Empress Emily M. And we're about to get into this. So this was something that M brought to me when we were chatting about, hmm, what are we going to talk about on Monday morning? She said, well, I've got this fantastic episode of Roseanne Barr. And my initial reaction was to recoil. I'm like, oh, Fucking Roseanne Barr. She's like, I know. But she's like, listen, this is really great. She doesn't step all over her guest. Give it a listen. So I gave it a listen. And I was like, oh, my God, we need to put this out to the world. The world needs to know what's going on with this. So I'm going to actually let you give some introduction and background with uh yes tiny house with kathy that's right kathy o'brien is the guest she had on and this shit is going to blow y'all's minds so i'm going to hand the mic to emily and she's going to give you a little bit of what we're about to get into here okay
1: so i know that it's 7 a.m on a monday morning and this is going to be heavy so and this is why if you follow me on social media i told you y'all had homework this weekend to process this on your own to figure it out, to come to a conclusion, or to at least be aware of it. So you ain't getting slapped with this at 7 a.m. But for those of you who are taking this to the face at 7 a.m. like a champ, thank you for being here. The nation's children appreciate it. The grown-ass Emily on the other side of the microphone appreciates it. Um, And (laughs) the reality of the situation is the world is a terrible disgusting awful place and it is that way by design by terrible awful disgusting people in power
2: and we actually and Kathy have Kathy O'Brien I was going to say we have a clip to introduce this when you are uh when you're done with your introduction Emily
1: yeah um and Kathy O'Brien has been in the deepest darkest most terrible places your little baby brain can imagine to be and she by the power of herself has brought her brought herself and her psyche and her human body to the present moment to no longer be a programmed traumatized mess of a human. I personally have done the same things that Miss Kathy has done to heal herself because I myself have been in the deepest, darkest trenches that your little baby brain can imagine, and I should not be alive. My trauma should have broken me to a point where I was a junkie and I end up dead in a ditch. Like that's, that's the plan for people who are traumatized. There is no end game, there is no out, there is no successful happy ending. You use, you get used, And then you throw yourself out if they don't throw you out. So
2: I I just want to jump in really quick and put it out there. We are not going to put a trigger warning on this episode. However, we will be talking about very sensitive subjects like MKUltra. We will be talking about mind control and worst of all, in my personal opinion, we will be talking about child sex abuse, trafficking and all the ugly things. And you may learn something so we're going to get into it
3: here with this. We can't let our past intrude on our present. We need we have too much to accomplish and and too much too much love to live and and too much truth to live to allow for that dark negative, you know, subconscious undermining of of our daily life. So it's something we need
0: to deal with. Well, I I like that you said that the highest thing we could do in our conversation is to awaken hope or to bring hope or talk about hope.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm living proof that anybody can heal from any level of trauma or torture or sophisticated MKUltra mind control programming that we can face the reality of what in the world is going on, how we got this handful of dark energy force perpetrators, manipulating our brilliant minds and lives. We don't need any of that. And when we realize that we have all the power, when we realize who we are inside and all that we've been given all along, then that's uh, that's where we win, that's our victory. It's, it's so important for us all to face the truth and start living um, the the life that we're intended to live we're all here for a purpose at this pivotal moment in humanity's history
2: oh look at me not being a professional that clip ended and i didn't even realize it so kathy o'brien has written several books on this particular subject the the things that she went through in her life and her messages of hope for anyone out there who is struggling and has gone through Um, The things that she has gone through, or maybe not even as severe as she has gone through, which, you know, we'll hear a little bit more about as we go on with the show. But her message of hope that she gives in the books that she has written on this subject are amazing. And I'm going to let Emily talk a little more about... um, leading because these clips actually came directly from Miss Emily she pulled them said these are what I want to highlight in this show and I said phone boy do your magic and we will make it amazing so I'm gonna hand the mic back to her Uh, so yes Kathy has written books (coughs) Uh, her most
1: I guess impactful one would be um, titled a time to heal and it is a very readable very doable workbook Um, And essentially, the idea of healing yourself is to write it out. It really is that simple. Whatever it is that's floating around in your brain needs to go through your body, come out of your hand, and onto paper. So that way, your logical brain can look at the information, process it. And you can move on from it. Your emotional brain, the emotional side of your brain, that you keep everything in your head, you can't process that. That is abstract. That is a thought. We can't do anything with that. You're, the neurons in your brain need you to take the information in your head, transfer it through your body, come out of your hand onto paper read it with your eyeballs, process it with the same brain. And we don't have our children writing in schools anymore. They tip tap on iPads, they click clack on keyboards, nobody writes anything anymore. So now everybody is living in this weird emotional abstract space. And we are confused as to why the world is a dumpster fire.
2: Exactly. Be confused no more. Exactly. And, and uh, I mean, I can speak uh, for myself that keeping a journal, which we'll talk about uh, a little bit also in this episode with Kathy, it is so essential. And it, it uh, personally, whether it's a diary, a journal, whatever, a place where you can write your thoughts down and it's yours. It is just yours. No one gets to read this unless you want them to or you let them. And anyone who invades that privacy is is just a shitty person, in in my opinion. And uh, this, this actually goes uh, with the next clip we're going to talk about, which is the manipulation machines that are in full effect in our society right now.
3: We just forgot we've been conditioned for generations to look outside ourselves to big government, big pharma, big tech, big cult-to-cult cult religion to tell us how to live our life.
2: And, and that that really says a lot uh, in, in our day and age. I mean, think about who owns every piece of what you are being fed by the M5M and society. It's big pharma, it's big tech. It's, it, it, it's, it's, it's big <clears throat>
3: bullshit.
2: So at the very
1: end, Kathy says something that Roseanne catches, and it's the cult occult religions.
2: I heard that, and I was so glad you had clipped that because the way she said it was you almost could not quite understand what she had said, but then listening to it one or two times more, you can really hear that You can hear what she said exactly, yeah. and it's funny because you and I had actually had a uh, behind the mic Just conversation yesterday. yesterday before I even t- uh, listened to this episode about religion being a cult and the indoctrination yeah. and you know yada yada fill in the blanks. And I'm not look, I'm I'm not here to shit on anyone for their religious beliefs. If you believe in the big scary man in the sky, sky daddy, as Hemphill Emily calls it. Um, you know, wh- what whatever, millennials call God. yeah, whatever it is that you believe in, okay, whatever name you place on it, all respect. I have no problem with that because I extend the courtesy to others. Believe what you want. Allow me to believe what I want. We're, g- we're going to be friends. You know, Emily is a Christian. I am not. I'm a Wiccan. If I have to have a title, that is the title on which I have chosen to take because that which I believe in is the universe and... I can feel the sun on my face. I can feel the wind through my hair. These are things I can see, smell, touch, hear, et cetera. I don't do good with, you know, finger quotes, conventional face. But it doesn't mean she and I can't have a conversation, be friends, et cetera, because that's how it's supposed to work. You're supposed to be able to have differing points of view and not shoot each other or like... Throw hurling insults at each other like oh, you don't believe what I believe you're fucking stupid blah, 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 blah. No, live and let live people. It's a very simple concept
1: and ultimately You want and you collective humans um, You want to associate yourself with people who believe they will be held accountable to someone or some sing at some point in their life, because of their actions, whether and me personally, I tell people read your Bible. If that is the Torah, if that is the Quran, if that is the Old Testament, if that is the New Testament, if that is the Book of Doctrine and Covenants, I don't give it a shiggity shat, who you're who you're praying to, what you're reading, as long as you believe that if you're a bad person, somebody's gonna come smack you upside the head. If you're a fuck up, you will receive fuck uppery. That's all I need. And that's all that you collective humans need. You just need to believe that you are not the tippity top. You're not the greatest. You don't know everything. You are not in control of other people. You're just a little blip on the radar of the universe. Ain't nobody gonna remember you five people from now. It's fine. Just yeah, be a I mean, human
2: being. Un- unless you're someone like Einstein, you know, Socrates, a-, a great thinking mind that impacts generations and generations to come, nobody's going to give a figgity fuck about the fact that you inhabited this terra firma for however many years that you did, and you know, I. But what you do matters. Oh, and will absolutely, last. absolutely. Right. <laughs> Good good or bad. What we
1: do matters.
2: Yes. And and that's the thing. Okay. At the end of the day, it is what you do with the life that you have been given, ultimately, that makes the most difference, positive or negative. You're either going to be remembered for being a person who contributed something to society, or you're going to be remembered as a piece of shit that should have been flushed along with the tissue daddy busted a nut into. That that's just all there is to it, and you know, despite not being a religious person, I do love the acronym Bible Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. I think that that is really fantastic. Um,
1: I don't think I've ever heard that one. Have you not? Wonderful.
2: Oh my goodness! I don't think yes. So.
1: When I read my Bible, I'm reading it as like a storybook, as like a guide, as like I'm struggling. I couldn't be the only person having this struggle. Let me flip through this bitch and read about Meshach. Damn, bruh, that was rough. I'm all right. My troubles ain't so bad. But if they were so bad, I'd be all right. I
2: think I think one of the problems I have with the Bible is the fact that people take it too literal in their translation. And also the fact juicy, that, yes. you know, the Bible has literally been translated like 33 times. To suit the translator, mind you. Exactly. And we all know that when you when you translate something, something inevitably gets lost. So to look at today's, you know, KJV and the Bible of old, the original Greek Orthodox, if you will, you're going to get a completely different perspective on what really went on yeah they keep the basic core facts in place Mm -hmm. but there's just way to for me and i'm speaking personally i'm not saying this is anyone else for me there is there's just too much wiggle room and too many different things that are trying to be said in this it's very confusing i mean i used to take the bible I, i will tell you i read the bible back in the day You know when I was in my little shell, and I mean I think it really goes well along with the subject today, um, because I've made no bones about the fact that I experienced Stockholm syndrome. I experienced being isolated, and even behind the mic, um, you know, you and I were talking about how, and and we'll, you know, we'll we'll cover it a little later uh, in these clips, but how when you're in that hell, you're looking at other people and you're just hoping to Christ that they see in your eyes that what you can't say with your mouth, because your Mm -hmm. eyes, you know, they really are the windows to the soul. And when you're in that level of hell, you're just praying to whatever you believe in, if you still believe, because I can tell you that, you know, when you're in that situation you start to doubt that there's anything oh. bigger because why would this supposed you know sky daddy or whatever you want to call it put me here why would he yeah let me why sit are you allowing this
1: why would he allow this to happen if the god that can create the universe with the snap of a fingers and blow human out of dust exactly gonna let me sit here little sweet innocent baby going through the shit I gotta go through yeah somehow you expect me and at the time i lost my i didn't believe girl for the longest time i believed that god was an answering machine and he was a busy motherfucker and that thing is full he ain't got no time for me he ain't got no he ain't got no room to listen to my problems there's other people out there he busy and that is unfortunate because that is a very hopeless place to be
2: it absolutely and whether is.
1: you're 35 years old 55 years old or five years old there it, it damages your soul to believe that you're alone because we are all of each other we are all of the universe we are all inextricably inextricably that's a hard word I shouldn't use let me put that in a garbage bin Um, (laughs) we're all linked we are all connected and no one should ever feel alone and when you feel alone and when you believe that you are alone it primes your brain to be programmed and manipulated into not being alone absolutely it opens you up to bad guys to stick their fingers in your brain and start rearranging shit exactly the whole point of believing in a higher power is to eliminate the ability of other people controlling you because if you believe in your heart of hearts on a cellular level that there is a string connecting you to the universe you will do what you need to do to make sure that that string doesn't get cut you will Think that there are consequences for my actions if i step wrong it could affect so and so if i say wrong it could affect so and so
2: it's kind of like the wrong, butterfly effect in a way me.
1: yeah karma the butterfly effect cause and effect we can explain it with science but the the ultimate thing that separates us from the monkeys is that we have the ability to conceptualize and also believe in the things that we conceptualize yeah it, that, that's yeah what separates us from monkeys
2: it, it does it. and it's interesting because um, I don't remember exactly where the first time I ever heard it was but I actually heard a statement it's not that God doesn't answer prayers it's just sometimes he says no
1: that is true and I mean, obviously, I'm sitting in the basement of my home that my husband pays for. God answered my prayers. <laughs> he got me out the pit. He sent the man to prison. Nobody's hurt me since. Like, I have had my prayers answered. They weren't answered when I was a little baby.
2: When it would have been helpful. <laughs> exactly. But they
1: did get answered.
2: <laughs> and. You know, this is this is I think this is a really great uh, transition into the next clip that we have, because you really are living by example in everything that you do with. I mean, I'm not going to get into, you know, your story. Your story is yours to tell, Um, just like, you know, mine is mine to tell. And and I have, Mm -hmm. you know. On an episode of the Lotus Effect, I believe it was episode like 15, where we put our dicks on the table, or 16, something yeah. like that. Um, but the the long and the short of it is that you could have gone such a different direction, the hell in which mm. you were in, you could have ended up drug addicted, alcoholic, on the street, fucking just, and, uh To be honest,
1: people who really know me, who've inhabited the same space as me with my flesh sack. they know that i was a standing on the edge of that rabbit hole standing on the edge of my own grave peering in thinking about how comfy it was going to be i was self-harming by the way of covered in tattoos now i was self-harming by way of drinking too much maybe doing a little prescription popping that i shouldn't have maybe done (laughs) maybe some risky behaviors i probably shouldn't have done like i was a textbook on the way to taking myself out and then somewhere around 27 it wasn't somewhere around i made an intentional choice i was like this is the year i'm going out or i'm getting it together and my brain said bitch we getting it together
2: and it's hard for a lot of people don't have that intestinal fortitude to go through the hell that you went through, come out the other side, arguably a stronger person, because I truly, in the time I've known you, I, I think you're one of the strongest women I've ever met, especially knowing well, a little bit of your back history. Like I said, so many other people who've been through similar traumas, experiences, et cetera, they like don't David make Goggins. it out. Yeah.
1: For example, that's just one person who had a hard, dark, in the trenches, shitty life, woke up one day and said, I am about this, and has done everything to drag himself out of that pit. So I look for other people who's been in the pit, covered in a little mud, and fucking run in the other direction. That's who I look for. And I see that. I can see, I can see your scratches and dents in the way that you form sentences. I can see your scratches and dents in the way that you move around, in the way that you operate with your coworkers or your friends or your family. A lot of us are out here running around scratched and dented, still covered in mud, running the wrong way. And we need to start shaking off the mud, shaking off the shit, and doing what the boomers tell us to do pulling ourselves up by our bootstraps and getting our lives together because we deserve, you, listener, deserve a good life. You deserve to be happy. You deserve to be whole. You deserve to feel your feelings, process them, and embrace the life ahead of you.
2: And I can honestly say this is uh, I'm I'm seeing, you know, the the people chatting in our chat and tiny house was confirming that, you know, she, too, was 27 when she had that wake up moment. This is why I always say I was late to the party because I literally did not come to that place in my life where I understood I had value. I didn't have to be treated the way I was. It literally was phone boy who, for for Kathy, and we'll talk about this later, um, it was Mark who picked her up out of the trench. Mm. For you, it was St. Thomas. For it me, Thomas, Tommy, it yeah. was phone boy. It was a man who I barely knew who I had started. I mean, I knew him on the on the professional level. In so much as, you know, he's phone boy. Everybody knows phone boy in the No Agenda community. Um, He was an enigma to me, you know. So for this man who I had maybe talked to twice, three times at most on a telephone call while we were getting our show established and whatnot. um, For him to hear the way my ex was talking to me and and the things, you know. I think that was really the key turning point for me was when when he, barely knowing me, was saying the same thing people I had known for years were telling me, which is basically you deserve... To be treated better than that. You don't deserve to be talked to like a piece of shit. Da da da. That made the most impact for me. That I think was when the tumblers clicked in my brain and I Holy finally voice. Yeah, I finally had the ability to kind of take a metaphoric step back from myself and look around and just go, What the actual fuck am I doing? That was mm-hmm. that was my aha moment. You know, I have yeah. credited on many levels the fact that Phone Boy saved my life both physically, mentally, I mean, the, the whole, you know, the whole thing. But we're going to circle back to Miss Kathy and her wonderful words with Roseanne. So we're going to talk about being a living example.
3: They, they need to be able to see it and, and have the truth presented to them. And I think one of the greatest ways that anybody can start seeing it is to see us living our freedom, living our love, and continuing to bring that truth to light because um, it's been going on a long time. They're being manipulated through um the, the school system they're being manipulated through the media especially that and um, being manipulated with the trauma that's being imposed on society you know again once we understand the formula for mind control we have a defense against it damn those clips end so
2: fast on me that I'm totally not prepared for it so <laughs> sorry y'all we're, we're, we still got tech going on in the background and shit here and, and, and She uh, has to I... unmute herself. Yeah, and and Emily has to <laughs> unmute herself to speak. We were we were dealing with some stuff behind the mic here, but okay. yeah. I so s- speak on speak on the living example, if you will, um, from your point of view. So, I call it not talking out of my ass. <laughs> I've
1: also referred to it as like the children can smell hypocrisy. Um. So me as a mom of a tiny human that I'm trying to raise in a non traumatized way. Um, For example, it's 730. I'm doing my show, she's going to get to sleep in today. But when I go wake her up, it's going to be a production. It's going to be a production. It's going to be hitting the snooze. I'm the human snooze button. Uh, Come back every five minutes. And for the next 45 minutes, she starts the wake up process. Being a living example is I go my ass to bed at the same time every night. i wake my ass up at the same time every day. I do my chores every day. I put food in my body every day. I drink my water. I do the things that I tell my child to do. (laughs) So when I am doing the long wake up and she gets mad at me, I have to explain to her that if this was when mommy was little, we'd be drugged out of bed after the first it's time to get up and your body don't start moving, ankles drug down the hallway. You wake now.
2: You're, you're awake oh, now. Oh, you bet your ass you are. And <laughs> fucking terrified, too.
1: And, and that's the thing. So to program our children for history, all of the people before us, We've been creative. Now, remember, somewhere in 1920, 1930, governments decided they wanted to be our daddies. They wanted to start pulling us out of bed after the first time getting up because of how well it worked on their children. So when we talk about being a living example, I could train my child hear my voice, do what I say due to a fear response, or I can tell my child, the only reason mommy's not a sack of shit and depressed and, you know, X, Y, Z, is because mommy goes to bed at the same time every night. Mommy gets up at the same time every morning. Mommy makes sure that she eats. Mommy makes sure that she drinks. Mommy makes sure that her body's clean. Because if all of those things are met, everything else is easier.
2: Sounds to a lot like the put-your-own-oxygen-mask-on thing that Phoneboy and I talk about all the time.
1: Yeah, and the hardest part is, is when you're in a survival mode, when your brain has been controlled and manipulated, whether it be a narcissistic abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse, neglect, whatever it is, whatever it is that has made you compartmentalize, you don't know how to do those things. Your brain isn't able to put the steps in order to make it better. All it can do is put out the burning fires. We can't plan how to not have fires. (laughs) We just put out fires. Exactly. So one way to hit the override button on your brain and to force yourself out of that survival mode is run it back to childhood retrain yourself meet your basic needs in a conscious way be like write it out on paper we think it we run it through our body it comes out on our hand on paper we see it with our eyeballs
2: we process it and we make actionable change and that's the only way that we succeed (laughs) and i i want to circle back real quick to something you had said before about um, about your inner child because Phoneboy Boy and I talk about our inner child all the time. And it's interesting because I recently was reading a book called My Daddy the Pedophile where this mm-hmm. woman was talking about and let me tell you, her traumas were... It was disgusting. And I will actually have Phoneboy Boy put a link in the show notes to this book... Um, But it talks about similar things that we're talking about today, multi-generational incest and things of that nature. And she talked about her inner child and the therapist that she had that helped her to get in touch with her inner child and, and basically be the parent to her inner child that she Mm -hmm. never had because her parents were both T totally fucked up and I think yes. it's a fantastic read for anyone who's been through CSA at the hands of a family member or not. I just think it's a really good book to read. I mean, I've made no bones about the fact that my father was a pedophile, convicted. Uh, it's not something I'm fucking proud of. And oddly, I um, the way I deal and cope with my own trauma <clears throat> is to read books related to and I think part of that is under the reasoning that I'm trying to understand albeit probably a very futile uh attempt I'm trying to understand why my father did what he did um I'm trying to deal with my own traumas behind what he did and I guess it's kind of cathartic to hear someone else's story like you were saying knowing you're not the only one who's sitting in that like deep dark place, mm-hmm. feeling like you've been forgotten and abandoned. You know, it's it's kind of like being in the oubliette uh, from the
0: labyrinth.
2: Yep, it's scary. It's dark. You don't fucking know what is gonna happen next. And yeah, and that's that's where quote unquote they want you.
1: They want you to be alone to not
2: have a connection. Isolation is the best have... way to control someone.
1: Yeah, it's a, yeah, isolation is, yeah. And when they can isolate you in your own private thoughts. Oh yeah. When it's like nobody knows, you're literally, like Robin Williams said, uh, nothing's worse than being surrounded by
2: people and being alone. Oh my God, I don't right? know how many times I've said to phone boy, do you know what it feels like to be all alone in a room full of people?
1: And that, and someone else famous saying something, Kevin Gates, uh, another man who lives by example. I'm not big on rap culture. Right. But when he does a stint and comes out with a psychology degree, byproduct of fixing his own traumas, I can have nothing but respect for the man. Absolutely. And when. One of the things that he has said in his music is uh, when people are seeking acceptance, it's not just from you. They'll take it from anybody. So if you don't have a foundational belief in something bigger than yourself,
2: then other things replace it. You know, it's, it's interesting that you said that because one of the things we talk about when we talk about going through these traumas and things is boundaries and the fact that unless you have a strong foundation that teaches you you're allowed Mm -hmm. to have boundaries you should have boundaries and how to make and hold those boundaries i i mean i'm speaking from a place of personal experience that for so many years I did not have boundaries didn't think I was allowed to have boundaries I was 1000% controlled first by my father then by my ex-husband followed by my second ex-husband who phone boy rescued me from and up until phone boy and I started talking and he introduced me to the concept of boundaries and the fact that you can have them. And it's not it doesn't shine negatively upon you to be able to have a boundary and say, I will not allow X in my life. You are not going to disrespect me by not respecting my boundaries. I respect yours. Respect mine. It's a quid pro quo. But yep. the concept of boundaries in and of itself is something I don't feel like our young folks are getting the message. They're not being taught the message that you can have boundaries. You should have boundaries because when you don't have boundaries, that's what leads to promiscuity. That's what leads Mm -hmm. to the continued victim cycle because narcissists smell the it's like blood in the water. And and that's ultimately, you know, I've, I've talked about the fact and phone boys talked about the fact that, the narcissists that we ended up with were because they could tell how broken we were. They could smell that we had been through that shit. And it was like prime pickings. So Kathy
1: says that it's generational trauma. And that's, that's exactly what it is. Um, As much as we've learned about epigenetics, which is how the food we eat, affects the people we
2: make. Um, the food we eat affects everything. We talk about that on The Lotus all the time, that right, when people are losing their shit, look at their diet. What are you putting in your body? What adverse reactions is your body having mentally? There's actually a yeah, psychi- yeah. Uh, psychologist, I think. Her name's uh, Dr. Georgia Ede. And she talks about how food impacts your mental stability, mm-hmm. You know, your peaks and values, and the whole nine yards. So... I'm not right with within,
1: that. That's actually a good add on. Um, without the proper nutrition, your brain doesn't work right. Now add on the fact that you have you know, alcoholic parents or you know, garbage monster parents or, you know, some sort of a religious trauma going on. Um, and then pair that with being primed because of. Your abusive childhood. Now you end up with an abusive partner in adulthood.
2: Yeah, because it's all you've known Compounding traumas Yeah, it's literally all you've known If you grow up in a shitty household where dad beats the fuck out of mom And he's touching you after mom goes to bed Or even worse Yeah, it's what you To you, that's normal You don't know any other life You don't know the life of the kid who goes to bed with a full stomach Who's read a bedtime story Who mom and dad don't beat the shit out of each other And drink heavily And, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever, whatever what you grow up with is what you think is normal until you are introduced to something that isn't what you are used to. And you go, what, what the fuck? Like, this is an option. Like, that's how I equate when we are finally brought into the light from that darkness. It's an awakening that the rest of the world isn't like this. This isn't normal. This isn't what it's supposed to be. It, It's Mm -hmm. very psyche shattering to some degree when you finally have that epiphany. And well, it's the, the, I came up with a joking term of it
1: for during the last four years of nonsense. Um, That state of mind where you, your lived experience does not align with the experience presented to you. Right, like we're traumatized, we believe everybody's traumatized, and then we see non-traumatized people over there.
2: Yeah, and and that you're you're giving them line, the stank called, eye. Like, what the f- you know? Right. I I I can honestly admit to being the person who at times has looked at family members of mine, friends of mine, and just gone, what. What God and what universe did I piss off? Why was I the one who was born with the father who is the way he is? Why was I the one who was hated on both sides of my family? I can't think how many times I would look, and I've had this discussion with my mother that her side of the family didn't know a damn thing about what was going on with my father and the way that he was treating us and and the shit that he was doing. And... Like I was talking about that, that look that you have when you look at someone and you're just like, Jesus fucking Christ, can't you see the hell I'm in? Can't you look past this exterior? Because my mother's side of the family. Yeah, my side of the family, my mother's side of the family thought I was. I can't
1: imagine
2: that. Exactly. My, my mother's side of the family thought I was just this bratty little shit stain of a child who was just mouthy and this and that. They never fucking stopped to go. Why is she like this? It, it we don't never stop to do that. No, no, we that's just true. Give them Adderall. Yeah, oh yeah, dope them up. Big, big pharma and for the slap fucking them win. Not ODD uh, and
1: uh, bipolar, or or what's the other ones? Like any of the laundry list of emotional disorders that a child would have because they don't have the words to explain the fucked upness. Of their physical experience.
2: Well, that, and I'm sure you can speak to the fact of when you're in that situation. There's whispered threat. You know, we were talking about the ASMR thing on Lotus and I said, you know, I can't handle when people whisper because I am so traumatized by the fact that whispered threats where nobody else can hear them but you from the person who you fear the fucking most and that fear is labeled as respect. It's not fucking respect. It's abuse. It's fear. Yeah, it's for sure fear. And that's internet yeah
1: <laughs> I, I understand do not put hands on my child because i do not want to do that uh, if i want to yeah. somebody i'll go pick somebody my own size that does not mean i do not tell her that the ufc says we're in the same weight class so let's go right so i don't hate my kid but i am the crazy lady who does the clenched jaw if you do not get your shit together right now and start acting like you got some goddamn sense I'm gonna knock it into you and that is enough to get her to act right okay I I don't know I don't want it to be damaging because I know that she knows there ain't no whipping coming after it she just knows that that's mommy trying real hard to control the crazy monster in her that was trained to beat children into submission exactly that's me that's me when I clench my teeth and I whisper that's me keeping the demon in baby. <laughs> I'm not I am that is me trying actively to not
2: traumatize you. Okay, so I, I will tell a, a quick story before we get into the mind control I've been on
1: the receiving end of the scary whispers from the fucking the scariest motherfuckers who will be trans. And I don't I like I don't do well with it either. But that's the workaround I have found to not use my maladaptive training. And to train the next generation of brainwashed indoctrinated it's, it's, compliant adults.
2: It's really important to to hear you say that and I'll tell you why because I talk a lot about breaking the cycle. And it is truly a conscious effort. I don't want to hear any motherfucker out there tell me you can't break the fucking cycle, okay? You I can. broke it's the hard. fucking cycle. And I'll tell you Bro, it's hard. I'll tell you my first my first experience where um where I had a problem uh, where I realized that I desperately needed to break the cycle was when my oldest son was little. Now this is a punishment that really to this moment, there's a reason that Phoenix had short hair for a very long fucking time. Okay. Mm -hmm. Because one of my father's fucking favorite punishments was to fucking grab me and pull me by my fucking hair. I don't want to go back there in my mind. But there is one instance I can remember when my son was young and he pissed me off. He was doing something and I grabbed him by the fucking hair. And as soon as I did, I went, what the in my head? I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? And I dropped that. And I and I said, dude, you need to go in your room. Mommy needs a timeout. Because I was Mm -hmm. I was fucked at that point. I realized like what oh my fucking God, what are you doing? You can't do this. I hated that. To this day, I have trauma over that shit. And to think that I almost continued to propagate that fucking shit with my own child makes me so angry at myself. Mm-hmm. Now, yes, I, people could say, well, but you realize it. Yeah, but you know what? It doesn't fucking matter. Because when I realized it, I had already begun that cycle. And I cannot, and absolutely cannot handle that. And the frustration you,
1: me, traumatized person, accidentally... Doing the genetic memory thing of traumatizing our children um my biggest annoyance and the reason why i was so mad at myself is because when i had that moment with my child four or five years old room's a mess i've asked you seven thousand times to clean it up and you're just it near being defiant i got real big and in the face my hand went back the flash of fear r- washed across my baby's face. And all I could think was how did my, m- no shade mother, I love you. How did my mama continue that swing? How did she see that traumatized baby face and how? <laughs> yeah, I, so, I I don't know. <laughs> I know how she had two other children and a not so good husband. And she was at the brink of a mental breakdown. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't make it good. That's just the reality of the situation. So my thing is like, I can consciously choose to not snatch Janet up at work when she ain't sweeping right. When I've asked her 17 times to put the fucking cups away. I cannot snatch her up. I cannot walk up to her and get big and threaten to slap her. But who the fuck am I taking advantage? of? Something that weighs twenty pounds.
2: Unfortunately, people. <laughs> unfortunately, people do it every day. Parents do it every day. It's no fucking excuse. It's absolutely unacceptable. I will admit, I um, was the parent who spanked my children, not to excess. And when they got a little bit older, not that it makes it any fucking better, but when they got a little bit older, I tried to be the parent who used time out and grounding and things that weren't. Physical discipline because I hated being physically disciplined as a child. I mean, it's the the trauma still lives deep. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. You know it it yeah, yeah. it's being healed one day at a time. But much like Rome wasn't built in a day, deprogramming all of the shit as children that we went through also mm-hmm. does not happen overnight. So that actually leads us back to the part of mind control that we're going to talk about right now uh, from Kathy.
3: We need to understand that mind control is a sliding scale from the kind of torturous robotic mind control I experienced on a White House Pentagon level to information control because we all formulate our thoughts, our opinions, and ultimately our actions based on what we know. And we need to know that knowledge base has been deliberately altered for a long, long time. And
2: yes, we are talking about government level brainwashing and MK Ultra here. This this is some deep shit. So I'll hand this back to Emily for context.
1: Uh, so what she what she means by that is that we've already covered previously on our show the education system. We have. We I mean, we know our government doesn't quite work right. You don't say. It does in the way that they wanted to work
2: surely you can't be serious government. i am serious and don't call me Shirley.
1: um so it's there is a concerted effort to have complacent citizens and workers how does one get that slide into our bad guy brain run through all the ways that you've been behavioral modificationed. Uh. We, your childhood however your parents made you do the things they wanted you to do in school however they made you get the things that they your test scores right answer is right answer the media everything is a coordinated one memo sent out you got your talking points put your face on the screen say the words and everything works together and if you're living a traumatized life and all you know is living in the hole and everything around you is encouraging enabling empowering the people keeping you in the hole you'll never get
2: out of the hole it's a status quo issue if you are not the one who is in control of the status quo you are on the losing end yeah you're out if you're not in the in club Don't even worry yourself about it. (laughs) Um, That's one of the reasons that, and I know it's a trauma response, but I have often been the person who has said, I want to keep the status quo in my favor because I don't ever want to be that person who doesn't get to call the shots in my own life. And the only way to continue to be the one who calls the shots in my own life is to make sure that I don't allow the status quo to swing out of my favor with people whom have proven to not be trustworthy to have an active role in my life and not try to take over and control it. Thankfully, most of those people are dead now, but you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing is we... As individuals, we name our demons, we rebuke them in the ways of healing our traumas, writing it out, breaking the generational curses, understanding that snatching our kids up ain't it, let's figure out something else. Humans are, we are actively evolving. If I would have had all my shit together, not I don't have it all together now, let's not get Wild Emily, if I was as healed as I am now when I had my daughter, she will not face the troubles that I have to be aware of her facing, right? So, like, my and let's we're not even gonna talk about my mama's traumas, my grandmama's traumas on both sides, like, we ain't worrying about those ladies, that's not my business, not my stories to tell. But the things that I experienced. That adaptations that my genetic code had to make to stay alive got transferred to her. So even though I have never snatched her up, she on a cellular level understands the fear and the consequence of getting snatched up. So it's already like, she came out broken. She came out with some scratches and dents on a genetic level that I, as her mother, have to be aware of to protect her from herself.
2: Yeah, we because... actually talk about that a little bit later in these clips about how it filters down generation to generation. Mm-hmm. And in, in helping
1: repair damage that she was born with, I homeschool her. We ain't putting none of that nonsense in there. No, thank you.
2: Yeah, there's already genetic programming. You don't need the exterior programming from the government agency through school.
1: And in me trying to hop over these hurdles, knock them the fuck down before she even gets to them, that's a step that I have to take because my child's brain is exactly what the machine wants any millennial out here having babies your babies is what they want that brain that wiring that genetic code is what they need to get their fucking project 2040 2050 nwo global communism and it's not i'm not blaming you i'm just telling you our babies come out with genetic scratches and dents, we have to handle, we have to protect them. We have to keep them away from these institutions that want their brains. Think of everybody else other than you as a zombie when it comes to your child's brain, they want that, they want it. They want to program it with what shows they watch because then they have loyalty. They have brand recognition. They have that consumer shiny thing will make me happy. It, take my money for dopamine.
2: They <laughs> and it starts from basically brain. birth. It absolutely yeah. starts from like birth. And I mean, I know it's I know it's a, a hard ask to have people who are cognizant enough to know that they're broken to wait until they can heal themselves before having a little mini-me. Like, that. Mm-hmm. that's that's a hard pass for a lot of people. And,
1: and some people, bro, they think they're totally fine. Of course. And then they have a kid.
2: And then they're like, I'm not fine. Well, it's a little fucking late after mm-hmm. you've already fired the goddamn bullet out of the gun, just saying. I mean,
1: but ideally you're married, you have a husband, you look at the husband as the person who just gave birth to the human of the both of you, and you say, bro, I ain't good. I got some shit to deal with. I need you to help me. I need you to step in as much as you can. Or you have a family unit. You have a mom and a dad who didn't get divorced, (laughs) ideally. So you just, you say, mom, dad, y'all remember what it was like when I came home? I could use some help, but we don't have that
2: anymore. We don't have that. Our parents got divorced. The only problem is, like, I have intact parents. My parents were married till the day my dad fucking offed himself. Okay? Right. Even though my mother had filed for divorce after, you know, round two of being a shitty fucking individual and being stupid. But that being said, okay, there are a lot of times that I have wished they fucking would have gotten divorced. That maybe my life would not have been as traumatic and shit had they gotten divorced, Mm -hmm. had they not stayed together. But unfortunately, um, even when you have an intact family, if one of might not be a good one. Well, yeah, I mean, I had an entire family full of narcissists, starting with my father, from his mother, from Mm -hmm. like, holy actual fuck on steroids. And that is not a good person to be the um, the the driving force in your life. I mean, that's that's going to fuck you up like a soup sandwich and it did for many years yeah yeah because my mother's influence was not strong enough to overpower my father my grandmother dot 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 down the fucking line even to the point of she was fucking terrified that if she tried to walk away okay my father would take me away she would never see me again Mm-hmm. And this, you know, this is part of where it the frustrates fear. me with the family because, you know, after the fact, they're like, oh, well, if you had said something us, if you had come to us, well, fuck you. What makes it that you couldn't have fucking maybe pulled me aside at a family goddamn gathering and said, hey, um, everything OK? Like what? What's what? Like at nine years old, when my mother's literally wanting to eat a goddamn gun instead of continuing to live, OK. Nobody fucking wondered, gee, why does she want to end her fucking life? No, they, you know, they never asked that question. Like, I, I'm not even going to get into it. Let's, <laughs> let's just say that not everyone in the boat is rowing, folks.
3: We need to understand that we share this planet with very dark energy force um, perpetrators who are not like us. And they do not like us, and they are manipulating us by our fears, and they're targeting our children. They're going for a multi-generational conditioning aspect. What I'm familiar with is that um, this formula for mind control that's being imposed on a global population and on society came into the United States in the wake of World War II through Project Paperclip. Yeah. And that hitler Himmler research had found that trauma was a basis of mind control. There's no trauma more horrific on the human mind than sexual abuse of a child prior to age five while their brain is still forming. And they also found that after three generations, any belief system, knowledge base, um, any uh, abuse base is... Um, becomes autogenic in the brain after three generations. We pass that down, and it's just part of, of, of our thinking process. It's kind of like how language is passed down, or, or why doctors run in families, or something like that. You know, it's just the way our brains work, and it becomes genetically encoded. So they're wanting to genetically encode the population for at least three generations to accept pedophilia, this has been going on a long time, and we're seeing it now. You know, this is, um, this is like the third generation, and it's why anybody's even tolerating the sexualization of our children. It's turning them into uh, compliant, you know, little robots for this new world order. And when we understand that, and we understand our own mind-brain function, then we stop cooperating with our demise and start protecting our children.
2: The New World Order, there it is. Kathy said it herself. And a lot of other things that really struck a chord with me when I listened to this episode about the sexualization of our children. And it is so disgustingly true. And as both of us having experienced CSA in our lifetime, this this infuriates me when, when the influencers to our children... And as parents, we have a responsibility. Let's be honest. We have a responsibility to try to keep our children somewhat shielded from the things that they are not yet old enough to fully comprehend. But when you have artists like Cardi B talking about that wet-ass pussy... Why are we surprised when we have eight-year-olds who are having sex? Just, I'm sorry.
1: Well, when we run it back and hear what she says, three generations, so the eight-year-old is born to a millennial, was born to a cringy, over-sexualized Gen X, who was born to a free-love movement boomer. One, two, three. It works. It works. You had boomers out here, free loving it the fuck up. You had Gen X out here, AIDS in it up. And now we have millennials out here, OnlyFans in it up. Thank you. I'm glad you brought the OnlyFans in on that one. And now we have vigilantes across the country, catfishing catfishing perverts who want to meet up with Gen Z and Gen Alpha.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it makes, unfortunately, social media and uh, the IOT make it so fucking easy. It's like a smorgasbord for these predators because you have a lot of parents who are too fucking busy because, you know, they just uh, fuck Joe Biden. Fuck, fuck 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 Joe Biden. Biden. Hey, the inflation rate is out of control. Parents can't afford to have mom or dad be at home while the other one works. Both parents have to work for the most part in order to make it, unless you have someone like your husband who Listen, makes a lot of fucking money. I, just made,
1: I mean, seriously. I just made a face, and this is where people get annoyed with me and tell me I'm crazy, unreasonable. You're wild. It's unobtainable. How do you do it? Uh, what actually started this whole, why we're doing Kathy today is because my hot take for today was gonna tell all you ladies, stop dyeing your hair. Pop off them fucking nails. Stop putting the shit on your face. Stop spending money to look presentable. When you ain't presentable. You're polishing a turd. You're literally paying money to polish the turd self that you are to not be a turd. Oh, yeah. Get it together. So I it's doable. Yes, it does require having a partner who is valuable. I don't care if it's the man who's valuable. I don't care if it's the woman who's valuable. In my situation right now, he's valuable. So he's out there making paper. But your girl with all of her trauma programming is not about to be a burden. I ain't about to be told that you already have, cause I. I'm not about to feel like I can't go do things with money because I didn't earn any money. Like it's, you have to have a good partner, but then also
2: Emily can't spend money. Like she makes money. Okay. But so I had to do my work. Okay. But there's also part of this um, part of it too. Okay. Yes. You're lucky. Your other half makes fucking bank. Okay. I'm talking to the girls out there. I'm talking to the guys out there who are literally, working factory jobs at $15 an hour who are working fast food jobs at $13 an hour. This is the household who has 2.5 kids who can't fucking even afford a car in these economic times, let alone mom to be homeschooling the kid and treating him, you know, turning him into a decent society appropriate human being. And again, okay. Okay. To the same effect, why do we want them to be society appropriate? Society is a shithole right now. It's a fucking cesspool. Why do we want our kids to be approved? You know, please make your kids be standouts. Do not let them be cookie cutters, because that is the problem we have in our country is we have a bunch of fucking cookie cutter cupcake snowflakes who are completely in the system because nobody can afford to not have them in the system. You're an anomaly, honey. I love you to death, Em, but you're an anomaly, girl. I can't believe that.
1: Because if that's the case, it's a lot worse out here than I thought it was.
2: It really is. Because... Take it from someone of, of my age and experience. It's a lot shittier than the picture that we're being how much of it, painted.
1: How much of it is creating your own suffering. Oh, yeah, I'm not going to say
2: that there's not to the accountability.
1: Yeah, to the people who work the minimum wage jobs, two and a half kids, mom and dad are working, and you're still doing it,
2: right? Um, It's all in how you do it. Here's the thing. What I'm saying, I'm not saying that just because both mom and dad work doesn't mean your kid can't be a properly adjusted human being who does have their own free thinking, who does have a healthy life because they eat dinner at the table every night with mom and dad. They talk about their day. Mm -hmm. There's interaction. They do things on the weekends. That wasn't the dynamic that I was targeting in my statement, I was more targeting the mom has to work two jobs, dad may or may not be present in the household, if he is present. So and that is exactly who I'm talking a to, disconnect. babe. Disconnect.
1: That is who I'm talking to because that's who I was. I had four fucking jobs. I worked over 100 hours a week. My child did not see me. I had designated caretakers for days of the week. I got the fucking biggity bag to the tune of six grand a month, but I spent $500 to be able to get the bag, to get the hair done, to do the makeup, to do the nails, to do do, the outfits, whatever it was, it costs money to make money. Yeah, I know right? that theory. Those kinds of things and what made me not do it anymore and not spend that money and not devalue myself and compromise my health was because they gonna think i'm ugly they gonna think i'm rude they gonna think i'm not their shot of whiskey with or without these nails with or without this makeup and with or without this blonde fucking hair it doesn't matter and if it did matter i would be much better off right now
2: (laughs) Well, but you know what? A lot of people think it does. That's where the problem comes in. You people to value money too yourself. much.
1: You have to deprogram yourself. You have to understand. You are a whole being. You were given all the hair you need. You were given all the eyelashes you need. Your nails
2: fucking grow on their own. Ugh. It's stupid. <laughs> but that's like, again. Let's circle back to the fact that society puts that pressure on women that we are supposed to and look and feel act like a shit. certain way. Of course we do. We are because all right. This is something that you and I talk about on a different uh, plane. I just want y'all which, to not feel like shit. I don't want you right.
1: paying money, getting dopamine, and feeling ten times worse because you spent money and the dopamine wasn't enough.
2: Exactly. no, I help I, me help you, Jesus. I have definitely Christ. been that girl who thought that because I was sad down this, that and the other thing. Oh, I'm gonna go have some retail therapy. Oh, look! For three seconds, I'm excited because look at my new outfit. Look at the new makeup I just spent three hundred fucking dollars on. And then yeah. you sit back and you go, "Nobody notices." Fuck that three hundred dollars could literally have bathroom. paid this, paid that. Yeah, exactly. But that okay. Yeah. So ultimately, <laughs> what you're dealing with here is the reason women feel that they need to have the nails, the hair, the makeup, da 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 da, because they are broken. Because they are not. Yeah. They are not good with. You're trying who to they are yourself together, so they think they need to. Mac. Yeah, I mean, truly, that that's exactly no what match. it comes down to is that if you are not whole, no amount of makeup, hair, nails, and money poured into your ass is going to fill that shoes, hole. That dress, that knickknack, that ain't it. Exactly. It, that's, it's that's it's not completely it. not it. And um, so uh, on the topic, you know, that that we're talking today. So this is an interesting clip that we took with her talking. And the thing is, I don't think that and I and I should have clipped it out. So I I think we need to give a little bit of backstory now that we're, you know, literally like over an hour into this show. Who is Kathy O'Brien? What is it that she went through that makes her so integral in what we're talking about today. So from what I gathered, and like I said, I wish the shit I had clipped this out. This woman was born into a multi-generational incestual situation that extended all the way to a government level. And in such, from the time she was born, she was being trafficked, sold, and, abused, you name it. And, and this particular clip screamed to me. Now, I understand that our audience is a little bit younger than uh, myself, but when you hear this, I think it will still have the same impact on you that it had on myself and on Hempress Emily to hear what this woman has to say about just exactly how deep this corruption runs
3: right from birth, so my brain was being compartmentalized right away. My father's sexual abuse extended into prostituting me out to my grandfather's Blue Masonic Lodge. And as a little toddler, I was being prostituted to some of the local politicians there. And when my father's sexual abuse extended into uh, child pornography of me, all the way back then, he was caught sending child pornography through the U.S. mails, and approached by one of those local politicians that I'd been prostituted to, and told he could receive immunity from prosecution if he would agree to sell me into the CIA's MKUltra mind control project, especially the sub-project, Project Monarch, which is the multi-generational project that um, I, was conducive to me since you know my whole family was that way
0: so it's kind of like hitler and them they got people to continue their studies yeah absolutely that's they what did it is, through the, right?
3: through the secret societies and that local politician was Gerald Ford and Gerald Ford went on to become the unelected president of the United States
2: that's right former unelected president Gerald fucking Ford that's disgraceful folks that is so disgraceful I, I i don't even know what to say about that like the, the I mean the depth of the corruption and i mean okay so i know any no agenda producer the what so where's your joe biden clip <laughs> baby
1: sniffer extraordinaire i don't another unelected pedophile lead in a country
2: oh completely Completely. I, it, actually, what I was just going to say is any No Agenda producer out there obviously knows all the rumblings and talkings about how deep the politicians are in the sex trafficking and the pedo rings and shit like that. And this just really does give a an idea of how far back this shit has been occurring before most of us, hell, before any of us, I would say, were born. Because I well pop, yeah, pr,
1: pa, uh, paperclip is the post World War II folding in of the eh, stupid so nah, yeah guys. So we took all of their researchers. We took a lot of their um, uh, military leaders. <laughs> if they were not killed, if they didn't escape to. Austria or wherever the fuck they all... No, that's where they all come from. Uh, God damn it. It's a South American country. Argentina. (laughs) The ones who didn't die in the endings of World War II, the ones who didn't want to run away to Argentina, we took them. We said, we'll give you a paycheck. We'll give you facilities. We'll even give you people, bro. Carry
2: on. (laughs) Disgusting, isn't it?
1: And, And that's in a previous clip. Uh, Himmler learned that trauma is passed down through genetics. So if you. <clears throat> I'm not sure how this plays in, but I'm sure it does. Ever since I was a mm, probably young child, six to nine, if I hear the sound of a taser, the sound of cattle prod, any of that, I become unfucking hinged. I oh my God! swing at the nearest thing. I don't know what it is, but something in my brain says, you better fucking fight <laughs> when you hear that sound.
2: Oh, absolutely.
1: But now, knowing what I know, knowing that these programs work the way that they work, I am five generations of my people have lived on this chunk of dirt. The technology really wasn't there for the first generation of people my great 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 grandmother's name is Shoshone woman shameful um but so that one wasn't it The next generation is uh the World War one people makes sense and then we have World War two people that's when all this starts and then we have my parents that boomer Gen x region <laughs> and then we have me so obviously like that. There's something that happened back then, but there's, the more that we, the more knowledge that we seek out about this and the more people like Kathy that speak about it, the more we can begin to understand because this has been a government project since the thirties, all of this information was known back then. They knew that thinking something and writing something, reading it, worked better than being told it, than just reading it. Like, they learned that in 1930. In 1930, they knew that. Yeah, here we are almost
2: 100 years later.
1: Right. And they kept it to themselves, and they actively have done the opposite. So it's a national security issue that we know, (laughs) thinking something, letting it run through your body, come out of your hand, writing it on paper— reading it, processing it with your eyeballs, logically processing it in your brain can allow you to overcome anything, anything.
2: Absolutely. That you're dealing with. Yeah, it it truly is mind over matter. At at the end of the day, it really is mind over matter. that's That's a muscle
1: that you have to work. Oh, for real. You, not only do you have to have it to begin with, you, it's got to be somewhere in your body, <laughs> but you have to work that thing. You have to make yourself get up out of bed at four in the morning when that alarm goes off the first time. And if it go, if you hit a snooze, there's gonna be maybe another consequence. I'm hard on myself. If I hit snooze, I gotta fucking run a set of stairs. That's it's just that simple. So my ass gets up on the first one. Because you don't want to have to run uh,
2: them fucking stairs.
1: Because right, but it's also so easy to just hit the snooze button and let that self-discipline muscle atrophy and if your entire existence you've been told that you don't even have that you don't ever have the opportunity to flex it when your teacher says type on your ipad you don't even have the thought to say can i just write on paper
2: oh my god that because that just brings me back to when i started school um <clears throat> You know, at 40 mumble years old going to college and the advances that have occurred where I want to write this shit down on paper. You know, the the, mm-hmm. the calls class that teaches, you know, teaches you how to study. What the actual fuck? By the time you get to college, I would hope you would know how to study. But it was kind of know. like an inf- it was kind of like a forced thing where it was like, this is how we want you to study. Marr. And it's like, no, 40 uh, mumble year old Phoenix doesn't fucking study like that. I did just fine getting through school with my ability to study my way. I'm going to keep going on this particular path because this is what I know. This is what works for me. And, and again, it's more of that cookie cutter mentality where college students are not they they don't know what the fuck they need to know. You and I had this rant recently about the mm-hmm. fucking girl who was all but, you know, pulling the answer out of the Death fucking of instructor. Questions. Yes. And I'm like, you've got to fucking be kidding me. Where, you know, where did it, it comes from disconnect that card?
1: <laughs> where did it disconnect that hard? Back at Paperclip. Back when they decided, uh, in one of the clips coming up, we'll learn how that happened. But it's by design. It's everything. When I said that I have to run ahead of my daughter and knock down hurdles, they put up two. And they made them higher. Like they're not they didn't do us any favors. By knowing these things. All they've done is hinder us. So not only are we going to not teach you in college, we're also going to charge you. And you're not actually going to get to learn you're going to be indoctrinated with knowledge. And I'm not going to get through this whole thing without saying it, because I would be an asshole. Not all indoctrination is bad. (laughs) Right? Some things we need to be indoctrinated to do, such as say food handling practices, such as building inspections, like we need to be taught how to properly build homes. We need to be taught how to properly prepare foods you need to be taught how to properly communicate
2: and manage people yeah teaching does not denote talk that
1: yeah and that and that's indoctrination isn't education just as much as all indoctrination is not bad because we need military leaders we need police officers we need firemen we need ambulance people services, like those kinds of, there is an indoctrination process. There is a right way to do it. So, but anyways, couldn't get the whole way without saying that.
2: <laughs> and, and I appreciate the fact that you did. And I, I want to remind people that we are a value for value podcast. So if you are enjoying the infotainment that we are providing this morning.
1: It's the rooster booster. <laughs> Pour a cup and roll up. Let's do it.
2: That's right. As you heard Hemp Emily say, let's do it. If you're enjoying this, pop in the chat, throw us a boost, you know, some Fiat Fun coupons. We, we take it all. We, we, we love the value for value that our connoisseurs uh, give back to us in the form of their time by listening and telling other people about it. Being in the chat with us at lotuseffect.chat until we can get a different URL set up. Uh, with our own name on it because, you know, we're still getting our sea legs here. Splash the walls with Satoshis. If you do not have a podcast app that lets you Satoshi your favorite stream, then shame on you. Take off all your clothes. Go to NudePodcastApps.com or leave your clothes on because it's cold as fuck at 7 o'clock in the morning when we do coffee and Chronic and uh, go to newpodcastapps.com. But get you one of these so that you can support all of the shenanigans and shit show posts that we do here on Coffee and Chronic. So we're going to get back into this situation here and talk about some deprogramming and the compartmentalization that I know Emily and I both can speak on a mm. another level about being able to survive through compartmentalization
3: so that they could use it on an espionage level, so they could use it on a military level. And um, also, it was deliberately suppressed so that people would forget the strength that we have within us, the ability to heal that we have inside. Because it's our birthright information. It's basic information that we remember when we look inside ourselves to reclaim our freedom, rather than look outside ourselves to um, big government and big pharma and big cult-to-cult and big religion or, or whatever. If we're looking outside ourselves, we're looking the wrong direction. We're giving our power away. Right. And they these perpetrators that are hell-bent on um, implementing this new world order only have as much power as we give them or let them steal. And the only reason we're giving it to them is because we forgot. We forgot that we have all the power. We forgot... That we have the moral compass. We have the strength of the human spirit. And that was by design that information was withheld from mental health. That's right.
2: We do have the power. We are the ones who can write our own narrative, dictate our own stories. But we have to be strong enough in order to do that and not succumb to the programming and... The indoctrination,
1: the, and the, the first place that you begin to take that power back and acknowledge that you even have that power is you have to, anyone who's ever tried to do recovery, um, or sobriety, like you have to take inventory. You need to go through with the biggest lens you can find to use on your own life and analyze why you do what you do, why you have what you have, why your behaviors are what your behaviors are. And one by one, you have to work through it and figure out, is this a genuine me thing? Do I really enjoy this? Do I really benefit from this? Or is this a cope for the shit? So as you start to work through the list, you'll begin to, it's kind of like starting a little campfire, you know, it's, it, it grows, it gets bigger. You, you notice more things and it starts to get warmer, right? You become more powerful. You become, your boundaries become firmer that, oh yeah, turns into no thank you. You you begin to reclaim the power that you've always had and the control over your life that you have always had, even though someone else may have taken it over, right? Like body snatched you, played you like a little puppet. Now we can, we're we're Pinocchio now. We can make our own choices.
2: Yeah, I mean, truly when you cut the strings, of the puppet master it takes their power away and that's where having and holding boundaries is really essential because I know for me I had really bad boundaries with one of my children in so much as I let him kind of run roughshod over me I let him manipulate me I had a lot of trauma um from my relationship with his father um, I didn't take it out so, on him. I wasn't that person who but, was like, oh, things didn't go well with your dad, and I see your dad every time I look at you, so I fucking hate you. No, I absolutely love my son. Over. Yeah, I love my son beyond words. But mm-hmm. I did not have the proper boundaries in place that when he would attempt to manipulate me, that I would shut that shit down. I was allowing it and allowing it and allowing it for such a long time. And... Um, when I finally put boundaries in place and have held those boundaries, for it's a shock to the system. It really is, and it, at the at first there was a bit mm-hmm. of pushback and a bit of you know fuck you, I hate you. But then yeah. slowly, as time has progressed, and the fact that I've held those boundaries, phone boy has not only set boundaries but held boundaries and assisted me in that. It has definitely upped. The relationship I have with him to where, like, we spent like eight hours together yesterday. They came over because, you know, we're helping them out with doing some laundry and being able to take a shower because the hot water heater at their place went out. And there was no drama. There was no stress. We had a good time. We laughed. We smoked. It was just, you know, we had dinner. It was a good time. It, It was a really good time. And they're actually coming over for dinner tonight because I made Uh, I I was doing test kitchen for Thanksgiving, so I made a pumpkin pie with a pecan almond crust, and uh, I wanted to see how flavor-wise it would do so that when the holiday gets here, I know that if it's decent, I can recreate it, and everybody will enjoy it. But he was disappointed because it was still warm when they got ready to leave, and I'm like, look, just come over for dinner tomorrow night. You can have pie. (laughs) So, but yeah. It's really important when if you've had shitty boundaries and all of a sudden you don't have shitty boundaries anymore. It's a shock to people's systems and they can go one of two ways. They can either get accustomed to the fact that you know how these boundaries and that if they want to interact with you, that they need to respect your boundaries or, you know, they can they can essentially fuck off and some do. Honestly, I've lost I lost someone who I thought was a friend because I put boundaries in place (laughs) and I I don't know. She either was jealous of me because now I had a great life and she was finally seeing that her life was kind of shit. I think that when I was with my ex, she kind of looked at her life as though, you know, it's better than that. Yeah, exactly. And when I got well, with phone boy and how happy and healthy my relationship was, I think it now made her actually have to take a look at her own relationship and go, wow, I'm sitting in a pile of shit. And I don't think mm-hmm. she could mentally handle that. So she just like axed our relation, you know, our friendship. And hey, that's fine. I hold no ill will. I wish her well, but I'm going to be over here doing me, living my best life. In a healthy relationship, getting more healthy mentally on my own platform so that I can be successful in my life in the way that I want to. I no longer mm-hmm. allow people to tell me how I should live my life because for 40 mumble years, I lived in that mental prison of everyone else dictating my actions, my life, my thoughts. And yeah, that, that time is over, folks. So... You know this this episode was extremely important for us to do yeah i I mean she was clearly threatened by the fact i was getting my shit together
1: but um well and that's how in my experience it's worked out because i understand that when something bothers me or triggers me bunny ears um that's a me problem that's something i still have to work on so if me viewing another person being happy and successful makes me feel some type of way that's my problem i need to work on that
2: right that speaks to you not the other person
1: yeah and in my experience most people don't want to feel that feeling they don't want to feel like they don't want to figure out why they feel that way because then they'd have to do something about it right because one fun thing that your brain does, you have no control over, is once you know something, motherfucker, you can't unknow it. You cannot exactly. unknow a thing. If you hear a thing, if you see a thing, you you can't undo that. Unless you consciously take the thoughts from in your brain, run them through your body, come out your hand on a piece of paper and pen. That's the only way that you can undo something. So unless you're going to sit there and try to undo all of your stuff, knowing that whatever that uncomfortable fact is, is going to eat at you. It's going to add to your displeasure. It's going to add to your own discomfort. So people who see other people healing, when they remove themselves from you, it's because watching you heal
2: hurts yeah because they have to face their own brokenness at that point
1: whether that's a good thing that pushes them towards healing and eventually you guys can share space or it's a um a place of like kind of maybe defeat like i'll never get out of this now yeah Uh, she's out here i can't see that i cannot know that she's out here and i'm here so to, it's a, some of that is a self-preservation. And in my experience, on my almost seven years now, slinging fucking dirt off of myself, writing shit on paper, reading things, running through it on my own, it's uncomfortable. It is some of the hardest shit you will ever do in your life, but you will be better for it. And if you don't wanna be better, I can't make you better. So for me, my boundaries, I'm only hanging out with people who are doing their own work. I'm only hanging out with the Peter Pans who are stitching their fucking shadow back to themselves. I'm only hanging out with the people who are slinging mud too, because I cannot, me personally, I can't tolerate people knowing what I'm doing before it's done. Like having this podcast is hard. I wanted to pre-record it all and just launch it into the universe, hundreds of, hundreds of episodes at a time. That's not the reality. But to do the work by yourself, to go through these things, because most of the time nobody else is there with you, getting traumatized too. Exactly. So you were struggling by yourself. You gonna heal by yourself.
2: And it, you know, it it's interesting because uh, I have I have phone boy looking for a meme that he had shared with me way back and it's two pairs and one like the entire top of this pair is completely rotted. And the other one that's in contact where the contact point is has begun to rot. Right. And I think that is a really good visual metaphor Mm -hmm. for what it's like when you have people in your life who are toxic or who are, broken and don't want to fix the brokenness you Mm -hmm. start to decay as well that is um that's one of the things that happened with my ex was that he was so toxic and so horrible that it started changing who i was as an adaptation method you know i call it the chameleon because you have to change who you are for Mm -hmm. the situation you're in to survive it's a total survival mechanism it's a total trauma response but ultimately it can damage you because you have to do that and that's where that whole you know visual rot metaphor comes in is that you can't undamage that part but you can cut it out and and what i mean by that is like i was a mean fucking person I know, shocker, Phoenix with a fucking attitude. But <laughs> I I really was because I was so unhappy in my life, I had started to become toxic myself. It comes out, yeah. It, it does. And it's not that that's who I am by mm-hmm. any stretch of the imagination. I'm the person who is going to do something charitable just because another human being needs me to do something for them. It's not that I'm going to get any actual gain other than that good warm fuzzy feeling that I did something good for another human right fucking thing. being. Right. But I had gotten to the point where I was isolating myself from the world. Um I I just I had a hatred that I had developed for mankind that I still have a little bit of, but it's a more healthy hatred where I now am able to discern the good from the bad as far as people, you know, I've always been a pretty interesting people watcher. But now, not only am I people watching, I'm really looking at these people and seeing what is the caliber of your character, and deciding whether I want to engage with them or not. And a lot of times my answer is pass, it takes a lot. And and I do think that that comes also from a place of trauma, but it takes a lot for me to be willing to interact with someone on a level deeper than just superficially, hi, how are you? That's why I have levels. Mm-hmm. I don't have a lot of friends. I've got plenty of acquaintances now, thanks to no agenda. It's rare for me to put the moniker of friend on someone. I have to have definitely met you in person I have to have interacted with you on many occasions. Like, trust is a thing. It is such a fragile, fragile thing. It is easily broken and horribly difficult to repair. And Mm -hmm. I think that transcends every aspect of our life. From the moment we are slapped on the ass by the doctor till the Mm -hmm. moment that they put a shovel of dirt on us. We are... Trust is one of the most fragile things in our life that we have. And it's a gift that we give to other people that they often break, misuse, and throw away, which is very sad to think about.
1: Well, I mean, we're a consumer nation. We don't value people or any of that stuff. No. I mean, shiny baubles. It's uh, we We've lost in the last three for generations what it is to actually be a human and have a human experience on earth
2: and i don't think social media and online presence helps all that much because we've truly forgotten how to communicate with one another you know we talk about the Chat GPT writing the Breakup letter for the girl or the I'm sorry letter to the best friend Like whatever happened to actually being able to Communicate with a human being And I make you know I'm I'm old AF I make the analogy About You know when's the last time you put pen to paper And wrote a physical letter It's constantly a text message a phone call An email You know it, it's the, the humanity has just gone out of The world
1: well and that's by design of course it we're is not humans anymore we're something between cattle and monkey i don't know like we were we are a commodity to our governments
2: oh completely that's just, and and that's, much that's like what it's boiled down
1: to is we've had generations of no cultural lineage which along the cultural lineage comes your religious beliefs your familial structure your communal standards which is how we communicate to each other how we act in public like all of those things that we should have had were replaced with send your children to school at five years old go work for Mr. Ford in the factory or come be a secret society FBI CIA guy like all of those things have compromised and taken over the ability to just exist.
2: Absolutely. And
1: like we said last episode, if it would have been the same people having the homesteads, having the dozen kids and no public school, we would have a more diverse self-sustaining agriculture situation in our in our country because most of those children would have stayed on their family's farms, would have learned how to be farmers, would have learned how to apply the knowledge of their people from previous generations to set themselves up. My daddy might grow potatoes. I'll grow sweet potatoes. And then my brother can grow onions. And my sister can raise cattle. And we got a beef stew store. Suck it. There you go. No Campbell's. You know what I mean? Like,
2: oh yeah, there there wasn't this all fucking systems. Pre-made meals, grocery store <laughs> shit back in that day. And you weren't running to the local Weigels or Food City no. or whatever your you know in insert grocery store name here. You weren't running every day. You weren't popping down to the Popeyes or the KFC or the Taco Bell to grab dinner because it was not a thing. You cooked, you baked. I mean, my grandmother taught my mother who taught me how to can and preserve Mm -hmm. and it is truly a skill that to this day I still use I actually after I am off mic today uh, I opted to take the day off because I've got a shitload of stuff to do even though I said I was going to work I'm going to work my ass off the next four days I'll be okay Um, yeah I've got chicken stock that simmered all day yesterday on my stove while I was doing everything else and it's going to go into jars and get put on the shelf so that when it comes time to make the uh, Thanksgiving feast provided that my starter for the sourdough goes well because yes, for a change, Phoenix is actually putting a grain in phone boys face. We may actually have stuffing if this starter comes out. Cause I'm attempting to make a homemade sourdough loaf to make the stuffing with. But um, yeah, I mean, if, if I can get that starter to work and, and I make stuffing, the chicken stock is going to be used in my stuffing. Everything is being as homemade as it possibly can for this Thanksgiving meal that I'm giving to my family because it would be hypocrisy to just order a Cajun turkey from Popeyes or make some kind of store-bought anything for this holiday. Like, it's an offense to me as a culinary professional and an all around fucking human, good human being that wants my family. Look, we know it's the holidays. Okay. We know there's going to be some hot, fresh garbage. There's going to be some bockery. but if you can limit the amount of shit that you're feeding to your family, I think that's a way that you can definitely give, you know, everything in life is a value for value is how I see it. And my family provides me value in the fact that my kids make me laugh. My mother is an amazing assistant on a Saturday night when we're doing Lotus. She does all the cleanup from dinner. Like each, each member of my family does something special that makes me want to do something special for them. And if the only thing that I can do is provide them a home cooked meal, that's not full of a lot of shit on a holiday, then I'm going to do that like hands down. I mean, I know we got a little off topic, but yeah. I mean, this is, this is stuff that is being lost in our subsequent generations is the, excuse me, quote unquote, old school ways of farming, canning, raising livestock, um, Working with your hands. I mean, how many trades, you know, carpentry, plumbing, electrical. These are these are trades that are going by the wayside because everybody thinks that they need to have some fancy ass college degree hanging on their wall. And I know the hypocrisy is thick in that statement because I'm currently in college to get one of those fancy ass degrees to hang on my fucking wall. But at the same time, I'm still retaining my old school values. I'm not going to stop doing canning and preserving. Okay, I've got a three gallon crock on the countertop right now, full to the tits of sauerkraut that is being fermented. I absolutely cannot wait until this is done and I can put it in jars and have it for the winter when I want to make another batch of kapusta or have some kibasa and sauerkraut mashed cauliflower. I mean, it has a lot of different usages. But the point is, even after I get that corporate career that I'm going after, I'm still going to be the same person who's spending weekends canning and preserving, eating clean, living clean. These are things that we need to make sure we, our children do not lose. While we're talking about making sure that they're, you know, good, well-rounded human beings, teach them the things they need to know. Because if you and it's not don't, even, you'll lose it.
1: Yeah, it's not even so much the things that they need to know it's what you know. That's the greatest
2: gift you can give your kids is to pass your knowledge down to them because it's the story of you. It's the story of your family.
1: And that's ultimately what it comes down to when I decided how I was going to consciously parent and handle all that comes with bringing a human into the world. I have to not only run ahead, knock down the hurdles. I also have to say, there are hurdles. I have to tell her, uh, specifically because we're both women, listen, this is what having a menstrual cycle is like. This is what your hormones are. When you feel like a sloth for a week, it's because your body is preparing to shed its uterine
2: lining. But how many mothers and are for- talking to their daughters like that? Like, kudos but to like you. But
1: how many could scream the most visceral scream right now. Nobody knows this. Because their mamas got hysterectomies had the birth control their entire lives. Their grandmothers were the guinea pigs with the fucking birth birth control. Yes, they were. And when the birth control fucked them up because you shouldn't be hormoning people. They got hysterectomies. So me personally, I don't have a big pool of ladies who have gone through menopause as a whole woman to tell me what to expect. So I'm out here with a motherfucking flashlight, like Nancy Drew, trying to figure this shit out because there's no logical reason why after taking the trauma in my brain, running it through my body, hand to paper, reading the words, why I still feel like a crazy person? Why I am still so emotionally unregulated? Why am I still so depressed? Bitch, it's because I'm a woman. It's because I have hormones. It's because every single day something new is happening on the inner workings of the lady body. And again,
2: diet and, matters.
1: Right. And the information has been kept from us. Not only are we not taught that in health class, Our mothers, our grandmothers, our aunts, were not afforded the opportunity to experience it, to
2: articulate to us. Yeah, because of the, again, circle back to the indoctrination and the women are a lower class. National security. The whole thing. As a matter of national security, repeal the 19th. I have a feeling we're gonna have that on at least every show. Good on you!
0: Oh,
1: I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I actually saw, unrelated squirrel brain. I actually saw some young people, like Gen Z people, on their TikTok app. I saw them talking about a tax strike, and I'm so proud of them. Go change your W fours, little shits.
2: Yeah, I mean, (laughs) take away their. I love. I love the fact that we are propagating. Reveal
1: the nineteenth Pemrose.
2: Yeah, repeal the 19th, which is uh, women's right to vote. That is that is Emily's political statement that she makes at least every show. And I respect her as my friend. That's right. I said it, friend. And, uh, you know, that is that is how she feels. And I like her stance on it. I, I have no issue with it. I just, well, you know, we gotta, everything's racist anymore.
1: <laughs> with all the when. So now halfway into this episode, Knowing that I know these things, knowing how I know that all of us are broken, scrunched, indebted, kitsy youngy, and dented, kids union ourselves together with makeup, um, doesn't that make sense now? Isn't that a logical place to be seven years down the road, unburdened? Maybe we shouldn't be. I voting. think so. Maybe if we weren't worried about politics,
2: we could worry about our damn selves and not and not be the public face of two point 5- five buck trophies and a Range Rover and a member of the PTA and over stimulating our children with every sports and other activity because we have to live vicariously through them. What the hell are you trying to say, Emily? It's crazy. crazy. It is fucking crazy. But uh, circling back, we're going to continue. We are uh, roughly halfway through maybe a little less than halfway through, of that which we are attacking today. Attacking, I say. More analyzing the words of, yes, Kathy O'Brien and the stuff she went through and how we think this can help you all broken people. And and you know who you are because we are all broken in some... All of our scratches and dents. That's right.
1: We're all on the same clearance shelf. It's fine.
2: (laughs) That's right. Some some of our packaging is a little shinier than others, but that's OK, because because we're all we're all going to make it through.
3: It's so exciting. And yet it was a reminder of what I really knew as a very small child, because I think children are born with their um Birthright information—they're born with the knowledge. They have that so much, and then life starts getting structured and gets in the way and takes them further and further from their 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 um, intuitions and their capabilities and their their um, healing aspects, and they start looking outside themselves. Mm-hmm. So they give it all away. So yeah. So I kind of it was kind of like remembering that beauty that I felt inside as a very small child. As my free thought was going away, I was, I remember wishing there was some place in the world where people didn't hurt each other, and where people could live, love, and, and just protect each other. And it took me right back to that. So it was almost a, a full circle thing, and yet the understanding of that is, um, is so empowering and it's, it's exciting information i want to remind everybody you know just because you've forgotten for three generations and it's become autogenic in the brain to look outside of yourself to to so-called authority these self-appointed self-anointed leaders to tell us how to live that nobody our lives. voted for yeah yeah that nobody voted for then that we we have it all within, and it's like, come on, everybody, we can remember this, and 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 it doesn't matter. I'm living proof too that the gen, we can the soul is stronger than genetics. We can overcome that genetic encoding and still remember because that is the strength of who we are. That's who we are inside. That's the life we're intended to live. That's humanity's purpose. It's our innate being, and it's so in so many ways. It's like reminding everybody, you know. This is, this is our time. This is our time to evolve yep. with the knowledge that's our defense against mind control. It's our time to evolve with the strength of spirit to remember who we are and why we're here.
0: I remember all the times in my life where I've felt defeated and depressed where I call Kathy up and I'm like, tell me something good, tell me we're winning, because I'm like, are there really white hats, I mean, in our government and in our intelligence? And that's a question I myself ask a lot is, are
2: there any white hats left in government or has it literally eroded and decayed to such a degree that everybody is just the fucking bad guy anymore? It's well, ridiculous. Kind of like how I said, if that's the case, it's a lot
1: worse out here than I thought it was Um, with the same eyeballs that I see more people in a position to make short-term uncomfortable decisions, to make long-term gains. I see the good people out there. I see the families that have slowly chipped away at their generational trauma, that I've seen the active evolution within people still on the planet. Like, uh, grandma may have been X, My, the mother may have not been X and conquered this, and now the child is not that, not that, but they're working through this. So you can see the, the undoing and acknowledgement of the maladaptive behaviors throughout too many people to think that it's just all bad guys out here. Now the difference is, is you can have people who know what the right thing is and will do the right thing. Then you also have people who know what the right thing is, but because they themselves are in a situation with a narcissistic partner, with an emotional abusive partner, with a financial aid, whatever it is, they do not have the muscle in them to do the right thing. The people who are good people, who don't have the muscle to do the good thing, to do the right thing, need to find the people who do have that muscle. And those people that slowly but surely, at this point in time, November 13th, 2023, there's enough of us who are out here, moving our muscles, doing the right things, and enough of the good people who, for whatever reason, can't do the work themselves, are pairing up. So there are and there always will be more good people than bad people only because good people who do good things inspire other good people to do good things. Good people who do good things also inspire bad people to maybe do some good things. So good white white hats. The people who know good and do good outnumber the guys doing the bad. That does not mean that the guys doing the bad don't weigh more. That doesn't mean that they don't have more power. They seem to anyway. And that's the reality of it is that they are the Andre the fucking giant in this bitch. But 17 of us jump on that bitch. It's over.
2: And and that's why we talk a lot about there being strength in numbers. That's why I mean to, to take a little bit of a, a political angle right quick this morning, which you know we never shy away from. It's kind of on the same idea or what, how we're talking about there should be term limits for senators and congressmen. And you know if if you're not happy with the you know hold these motherfuckers accountable. You're not doing the job within X amount of years that you've got. Your ass is out. You're out of there, baby. Run me me that Michigan clip. I can do that.
3: Once they became dependent on that, then they took over the school system with a global education program that um, picked up, really, where Hitler's youth education left off. And it's um, an indoctrination and a repetition that is not um, applicable Knowledge, it's just programmed information mm-hmm. where all creativity is lost and um, critical thought. Yeah, yeah, all that. It was deliberately taken out of the school system through um, what was termed Global Education Goals 2000, America 2000, and now they renamed it Common Core you know, so that's what's in our school system right now. And we need to realize that it's um, a very deliberate indoctrination method. And we look back and we're going to find out that Bill Bennett put it in during the Reagan Bush administration, along with Lamar Alexander. Lamar Alexander was the education secretary who was heavily involved in Satanism. Okay, I have to point out, Lamar Alexander. Oh, one of our wonderful
2: Tennessee originals, baby. Mm -hmm. This shit just blows my brain up. What the fuck is it with Michigan? Can they not get their fuck? Like, fuck my life sideways running up a hill. What is the biggest fucking problem we have in fucking Michigan right now? Oh, what's his fucking name? Chuck Schumer? The fuck? Oh, and what, what, what was her name? I can't think. But I mean, oh, my God. I mean, seriously, why are we surprised that anything shitty is happening when it's related? Whitmer, that's the name. Thank you. Uh,
1: Two weeks is like one thousand one hundred and forty days.
2: Yeah. I mean, Whitmer math. Exactly. So why why we're surprised when something shitty and fucked up comes out of Michigan? I will never know. But it just shows it you how far been, back this shit has has been. Yeah, I think it
1: might have been the next clip or I might not have clipped it because I was trying to avoid the polity stuff. Um, but
2: the same dude... Why not? Fucking slather that political shit all over the fucking stream today. Do not shy away. This is... But I need people... Shout out MoFax.
1: I need people to have a foundation. I need them to understand... You ain't voting for these motherfuckers. repeal the 19th, take away half the votes. Stupid.
2: Okay, I, I don't disagree with that. I don't I disagree with that understand. because of the fact I have forever been the one who has said voting is a fucking scam. it's a waste right. of time. your vote doesn't fucking count. I've taken more shit for that in <laughs> my adult life than I can count. right yeah and it's not it's and not also, fucking you're wrong. Held accountable for all the bad all the bad that happens. If you
1: vote for the guy who does a bad thing, it's your fault.
2: Oh, oh absolutely. <laughs> well, here, as we have experienced, and also, um, you don't even have to have voted for the fucking guy that's doing all the bad shit because it's going to happen anyways. A, well, that and uh, nobody fucking voted for Biden. They stole the fucking election. The Later, and that's that's where. So that's where this whole
1: thing kind of comes to a. The they, the big string pullers, showed their hand was during the last three years, 2020 to 2022, when everybody had to adjust their behaviors. You couldn't go to work. You couldn't go wander around Ross to get your dopamine fix. You couldn't go out to eat to stuff your face with dopamine. Like, you couldn't do any of the things you normally did to cope. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So that I left you looking around like, why do I feel like this?
2: Yeah, Maybe. I recently a stumbled people- on an article that said that the lockdown was an experiment. It failed. Well, <laughs> no shit, mm-hmm. Sherlock. Well, because the idea. I've been saying that since the fucking beginning that, that it was a compliance experiment to see yeah. just exactly how many sheep you've got out here and how many wolves. And I can assure you, ow! I- we are wolves in this bitch shout out to sir spencer and dame delorean as well the wolf pack we love you guys
1: uh it's we ultimately the only reason why it all works is because we think that we are insignificant little ants and how are
2: we going to fight the grasshoppers uh, if there's enough of us jumping really on is. that fucking grasshopper, we that's coming out saying. victorious. Yeah, but honey, Emily, how many, how hard is it? Now, I know, okay, we have plenty of no agenda listeners. Okay, mm-hmm. there's a gaggle of us.
1: Oh, yeah, they're like 15 years into trying right. to wake people up and right. Right. To think for themselves. I but get it.
2: even, no, but no. even with having that many no agenda listeners you if you were to take all the no agenda listeners and put them in one big ass fucking space good people doing good
1: thing good person no muscle
2: yes there that's are, my point is to try to get everyone on the same page Western at the muscle. same time all all moving in one cohesive direction it's it's damn near impossible
1: kind of until
2: I mean it's only impossible if not all of us are rowing (laughs) but honey not all of us realize we can row or they're afraid to row well if you listener and i'm not putting juju on you i'm
1: just telling the holy spirit to drop in on you if you listener at any point during this have thought oh i should probably address that thing do it because you know that you have to do you have to You wouldn't have thought it. It wouldn't have presented itself to you if you were not capable at this point in time with all the tools you have in
2: life to deal with it. That's right. You're not given something more than you can handle doesn't matter no. what entity you believe in. If you believe in any right. higher power, you are never given anything you cannot handle. You may not think you can handle it at the moment that you're in the shit heap trying to figure out how you're going to dig out. You may not be able to you figure start it out with one. That's it. Start with one. You think all I have is a yeah. teaspoon. Well, you know what? One teaspoon at but a time. That's a- yeah. You're going to get there. Use your hands. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's,
1: Once you, not only once you know something, you can't unknow something, your brain doesn't want to die. It wants to stay alive. Your brain wants to live more than you can conceptualize something wants to live. I, I actually. And everything it does is to ensure its survival. Absolutely. So when we have the thought, quick left into the median, our body doesn't let us do it. And when our brain says, we should probably, it's because, hey, we read something, we have a friend, we've heard something, we know what we can do about this, we just need to look at it now. We need to address it now.
2: What we need is that little voice whispering in our ear to be screaming. Mm -hmm. We need to allow that voice to scream because that is, I have found... In life, that little voice in the back of your head, you usually should listen to it because it's not going to steer you one, wrong.
1: That's the voice that you're born with. That's the voice that is in you. That's in everybody. Yep. Everybody has that. That's, that's what Kathy says when she says that we're born with this innate knowledge. When I say it's genetic, it's in your genes, it's in your DNA, it is in every single cell of you to survive and if you can't like get that or accept that look at your family tree bro (laughs) look at how many people it took to get you and how not fun it was back then how hard it may have been like the fact that four people ago we were losing half of us over the winter because it was cold and not all of us had homes not to mention all the diseases right The fact that your genetics have made it thus far in the blippy blip of the universe, like you're here because you deserve to be here. And that's what you're capable of being here.
2: That's what our listeners need to hear. Doesn't matter if you're, you know, male, female, black, white, red, yellow. I don't give a you're a human being. You breathe oxygen. You bleed red. Okay. you need to hear this, folks. You have a purpose. You have a reason why you are on this terra firma. You may not be immediately aware of what that reason is, and it will be revealed to you if you are open to accept that knowledge when it is bestowed upon you. And, you know, circling back to the the Kathy thing, this next clip was really disturbing when I heard it, because to think that the, the hell that she was in, coupled with the fact that you reach the age of basically 30, they erase you from existence. You, it was like men in black in real time.
3: They, they knew that I had a photographic memory because that's they how They made I, the,
0: that yeah, happen.
3: Yeah, they, they use it with the, with the trauma and then they can program... Um, speeches they can program, messages that I delivered to and from government leaders. They could program anything in that photographic memory. Well, that photographic memory was still running while they were running their mouths and talking about their plans for us all. So I remembered everything. And they were foolish to have thought that I wouldn't. Um, But they always make mistakes. They they always make big mistakes. And and that was a huge one. (laughs) And they thought I wouldn't live. They thought that, um, that you know, I would be killed at age 30 because it's another important thing we need to understand about our mind-brain function. As at around age 30, um, electrochemical changes happen in the brain and many people who've experienced um, childhood abuse start remembering it around yeah. that age. For
2: me, um, it actually happened a lot later than my thirties. And I attribute Mm -hmm. that to the fact that I was mentally oppressed by being in the relationship that I was in and what I didn't feel free to, I, I didn't feel I had a safe space for the few things that were starting to come to light. So it wasn't until I was in a safe space with, Being in my relationship with phone boy that what I call the locks there in in my mind, there are these large, heavy locks that are on these big, heavy metal doors. Yeah, they're on the big, heavy metal doors that are never allowed to be opened. And one by one, these locks have been un unclasped, essentially, at the time that they're supposed to be, apparently. And it's only because you find that safe space with that person in your life, whether it be a therapist, a partner, whatever, where those locks are allowed to be unlocked because the contents behind that door... Can be processed. It can now be... It's time for it Mm -hmm. to be named, shamed, and destroyed because it's what's been holding you back for so long.
1: Yeah, it's... um, And every... Every person reaches that point differently, and we've spoke about it previously, Uh, our listeners are connoisseurs, they're intelligent people, our brain fully is wired at 25 years old, barring any sort of delays, any sort of trauma, any sort of any, uh, what would they call it, non-normal lab experience of a child. You add more time because the brain has to unwire bad stuff and rewire bad stuff. So, but 25 is when the human brain realizes for real, for real, that today turns into tomorrow, turns into a week, turns into a month, turns into a year, turns it into years, your linear thinking starts at 25. If everything went right. If it didn't, sometime after that, it'll happen. You'll fully get it. Everything will be connected. But then the other thing that happens is at 30 years old, because we're only supposed to be around here for like 80, 90 years, and we start being breedable, nine to what? I'd say 50
2: plus. <sighs> yeah, just it's just just saying I had a should. teacher who was like 51 when she had that. her son. Okay. No, I, I, anyway, I get that. Just because one can doesn't does not mean <laughs> I just caught that. Oh, my God, that's fucking harsh. Yes. Well, as As we say all the time, just the because thing. one can does not mean and, one should.
1: Yeah. And that's a different topic for a different day. But us ladies don't know enough about our bodies. So we get co-opted to do crazy things that
2: are... That's another problem that we have in society. Is that we need to literally have a... Okay, I'm going to say it and I'm going to take shit. Yes. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to take shit because... I think there should be a class to teach young girls what's going on with their fucking bodies. And I don't mean sex ed. Because let's just face it. Okay, most parents... OK, most mothers either don't, don't know how to have that conversation themselves. or they're just. Yeah, they don't know themselves. So there needs to be something. Yeah.
1: yeah. Auntie Phoenix and Empress is finishing school. We
2: already. Yeah. Exactly. You know, exit strategy for the fucking win on that. And
1: any of our other ladies who've been on the planet for a long time and are passionate about it will throw you
2: in our auntie program, too. Exactly. You know, the, the, this is this is the uh, the uh, princess and empress uh, school of how to be a fucking productive she. <laughs> the human, the female human.
1: Experience. That's
2: right. And 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 we ain't hearing none of this fucking they them. You don't have multiple personalities. Get the fuck out of here with that shit.
1: Well, and we've also talked about my own very nearly they phase, and that's because oh. That's because I was creeping into that change that happens in your brain at 30. So,
2: prime example of Miss Hempress Emily in her 30s of how this works. But I did want to make one comment. I do remember back when I was younger, my father telling me, you will not understand this till you're 30. And I have found my own self saying the same thing to both of my sons. You don't, you think you get it. But you don't get yep. it and you won't you're not get it, it till you're 30 or more. And
1: so the, not only do we have 25, our brain sews itself together, left side, right side. We are, this is as good as our brain's going to get as far as like sewn together, but we can make it better. We can learn things. We can rewire ourselves, but our brain is ready, done, 25. So then you have five years of linear thinking of in that five years, you're probably going to realize some shit about yourself. You're going to outgrow some habits. You're going to start some new things. You might move, your environment might change. A lot of things are happening, which is all more neural connections, which is all more to your neural map, which makes your brain bigger and better. So at 30, when you, when your hormones, male or female, this is a brain hormone issue your brain, realizes I still got 50 fucking years to go, bro. (laughs) Shit. I need to slow some stuff down. Maybe I shouldn't be trying to spread my seed as much. Dropping libido happens somewhere around 30, right? Because either either you're just like, I've ate so much candy. How could I eat more? (laughs) Or... You know you're at that five seven 12 years into a marriage or whatever like whatever it is every human him and being somewhere between 30 and 35 your brain goes into long game mode i don't really need to be breeding i don't really need to be seed spreading i ain't gotta go conquer as much what i have is enough and that's that that's your quote unquote quote unquote grown- up brain and when you're 30 years old, you'll realize the five dollar coffee every Goddamn it, that's what Because you've had the five years of your brain being sewn together <laughs> along with that lived experience where you're completely on your own. I'm going to assume that by 25, you are fully in charge of your own life. You, ain't <laughs> you would under hope. nobody's thumbs. You don't have mama telling you what to do you may have a partner that you have to be held accountable to but there there shouldn't be anybody running in your life so you have this sense of autonomy and action i guess so you can reflect on all the stuff that got you to this point and when you when you're 30 between 30 and 35 when your brain is doing all this stuff that's also when the little storage lockers, whatever, that's in your little brain. That's when those start getting opened up.
2: Like I said, I think I'm late to the party because it's literally, I'm, ha- I'm more active in that particular. To be expected. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, Babe. seriously. I, I mean, yeah, it's, it's become a running joke up now. Up yeah, it's literally become a running joke in, where I'm getting laid in my 40s, almost 50s, mm-hmm. more than I was in my fucking 20s. I wish that was a joke. I wish I was in the throttle down mode of I'm 40 mumble years old. You know, I don't need to be attacking my boyfriend on the double, triple time a day, you know, ride. We need to be in that comfortable area of, you know, old people throttling down. And we're just we're hitting the ramp like a matchbox car and having a great goddamn time.
1: But you guys are also... Objectively, four minutes into this room.
2: And 20 years in, and 20 years in, I'm still going to be going strong in that I'll situation. I'll talk to you in two years, babe. I think in two years, I'll still be as insanely driven in that sense. Just, okay, see, here's the thing. my My libido never throttled down, even if my action... Was not a the
1: Healing ever throttle up?
2: The healing? No, of course not. That didn't right. begin until this. And and yeah. it, okay, so as you, heal, we will tell a story okay, I'm here. Not,
1: I'm not shitting on having intimacy with partners. Oh no, no. I, what I am shitting on, and this is me shitting on old Emily. Not anybody. If it, if some gets on you, then that's a you problem, a me problem. <laughs> that level of intimacy is whole, like it's (laughs) whole filling pause. Um, It's the kitsungi of how you're gonna heal yourself, how you're gonna feel better about it, how you're gonna have confidence in your relationship. I can't have confidence in my relationship unless I put out because that's my only value. But I actually don't think I'm valuable that way. So let me put out more cause that is the currency of a relationship. It's a, eh, for me, I, when I hear people having crazy bunny lives, I'm like, but why though? Cause what it's are fucking we, what are fun. Doing? Okay. All right. Again, not, not any, I'm just. Okay. It's one of those things that some people should objectively look at and figure out why they're getting their jollies and flicking their bean for dopamine. Instead of uh, maybe crying a little bit about some sad shit that they need to deal with.
2: But why should you you have to sacrifice the pleasures of being with another person or maybe even being with yourself if it, you know, makes you happy? Why should you have to to sacrifice? But it's not. But it's not. (laughs) Okay. No, seriously. The way I look at this, okay. This is my compartmentalization show.
1: Yes. Because if it's brain, if it is brain body related, I have to strictly regulate that because for it's all dysregulated anyways. And also to seek regulation, I will go overboard i will want all of the dopamine because i think that that's what i need and i'm not special (laughs) the brain works the way it works if it needs dopamine from processing an emotional thing it will get dopamine from a candy bar or a veiny penis like it'll get it where it gets it so you listener me myself everybody you have to choose and if it's a conscious choice of I am actively choosing to do this and not a response, then that's fine. But if it's just like that knee-jerk reaction to, oh, it's two o'clock, let's go get some afternoon delight. No.
2: no. What are you? Okay. Just- no, I'm glad. You- no, I'm so fucking glad you said that. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because, Okay. This is one of the reasons why I say the relationship I have with phone boy is the healthiest one that I've ever had, because it is literally the first relationship that I have had where, you know, that intimate time is not on a fucking schedule. And that is one of the things that I found the most disrespectful about. Well, I can't say the most. It was one of one of the most disrespectful things that I found in my prior relationship was the fact that it it like almost felt like Cooper. I had to beg. It's- at 7. Yeah. It's like, oh, okay. hey, hon, uh, think we can do a little something? You know, how's five o'clock work for you? Like, I found that so fucking offensive that I would have to ask if he wanted to spend personal time together. That pissed me off so bad. And now it's like this is not replacing anything. There is not a, OK, we have to make sure we do it by 7 p.m. because Fraser's on. I don't fucking and that's know.
1: that's where I say, like, I'll talk to you in two years. Because you guys are new. You're learning each other. You're happy about it. And
2: we're also making up for lost time because neither one of us was getting what we needed in that area for so many fucking years.
1: So, like I said, (laughs) we're filling a need. Bitch, I love you so much. So we're meeting needs from old us with new us.
2: But they're still the same. No, they're still the same needs. Okay, they're even on its most basic level. Take take phone boy out of the picture, because for two months, okay, after I left my dick bag ex, I lived on my truck. You think I wasn't fucking having a a real serious relationship with my man to woman? relationship you know hand to woman relationship you bet your ass i was making sure that some self love was going on because there was a physical need there when my body said this physical need exists you need to satisfy this physical need i was not using that as a crutch to avoid thinking about i'm going through a divorce all of a sudden all of these traumas from my childhood are opening up like a fucking floodgate Mm-hmm. with 30 million gallons of water behind it that was that yeah, yeah. was not and is not in my life the reaction that I'm having I don't I don't have sex as a distraction I never have if anything and sex was something that I was trying to distract to away from away in from. my head yes so, yeah. I mean, yeah. I yes, I so, say we were neglected, is, but not- up until the time I left my marriage, I was still sexually active with my partner. Now, whether I was being emotionally satisfied is different. And I have a really good friend who taught me early on in our friendship. We had a discussion about the fact that you do not have to have emotion in order to have sex. Sex is a physical act. You can literally just mash your naughty bits together with another person's naughty bits and not have an ounce of give a fuck about that person above and beyond you're making this part of me feel good. You don't have that dopamine reaction in that type of sex. When you find someone who you have that emotional reaction as well as physical reaction with, you're absolutely going to, you're going to want to engage in that because it makes you happy. Because it's more than just the emotional dopamine bump or the physical dopamine bump. When you get the whole package, it makes you want it. It's like getting the perfect taco. The shell's perfectly crispy. The fucking sour cream isn't all on one end. There's plenty of tomatoes oh, and lettuce. Good. You know what I'm saying? When you find the, mm. the whole thing... Just because you find something that makes you happy doesn't mean you're distracting from something else that you should be paying attention to. That was the only point that I was getting at.
1: Yeah, and and for most people, it's not it's not an escape, it's not a cope, it's not a, a dopamine thing. But um, OnlyFans girls, most of them well, are only on yes. camera doing that because they've been all but brainwashed into thinking that that's acceptable. And when you do it, and it physically reinforces in your brain the feelings in your body, like it's a it's a compulsion due to manipulation of biological functions.
2: I'm not saying so, that people don't use it or the attention from it to fill a dopamine need. That's why I was saying, uh, you know, circling back to the makeup, hair, nails thing, you are trying to fill a hole in yourself that that is not going to fill. You're going to have that temporary dopamine bump of, oh, look how nice my nails look. Oh, you know, my hair is on fleek. My, my makeup is just perfect. But it, by the end of the day, Your hair's already fucking coming out. Your makeup is smudged. And in two weeks, you are going to have to get those fucking nails filled. Which, any women out there who have had their nails done, that's a painful goddamn process to initially get them done. Yeah,
1: first of all, it's uncomfortable.
2: It it really is. And all
1: that shit's not good for you. Oh, yeah. Like, three hours of your life you'll never get back. And it's the money that you spend to be there like it's and it's it's getting even more expensive
2: it's disgusting
1: objectively look at it and it's and it's if it isn't something that is harmful to you or harmful to others but brings you joy do it right like i'm not here trying to steal people's happiness if you genuinely enjoy the smell of a nail salon It makes you happy. If you like looking at the shiny baubles on your fingernails and that price is okay for you, then do it. But if you're doing it because Jessica Simpson had French tips and this girl has that or on TikTok I saw, or because every quote unquote professional woman I see has fake nails, so that must be part of the uniform. No, No, babe, let me tell you, that's not it. But if, if it's a choice that you make on your own, and you can run it back to why you believe that, why you want that, then that's what you actually want. And that's fine. That's good. We want that. We want you independently thinking and making your own choices and consciously living your lives. Absolutely. But if it's just a robot mode, it's been two weeks, let me go get my nails done. There's four centimeters of grow out. I have to schedule my hair appointment. You know what I mean? If that's how you operate, if you have a panic attack because your hair lady can't get you in until week seven, bitch, you have a problem. (laughs) Why? Why is that so bothersome to you?
2: And all you have to do is look on YouTube at the videos of those Karens that lose their shit in the nail salon or the hair salon because...
1: And if we look at those women, objectively, biggest lens we can, they have a husband that doesn't listen to them. They have children who do not respect them. They have parents who were broken and raised them, who they were then in turn taken care of until they died. Like these ladies... Should be bitching and moaning, but it should be to themselves in the mirror.
2: Exactly. They're fixing their own shit. No, I, I absolutely agree with you on that. And, and that leads us uh, deliciously into the next clip
3: here. Nobody told us we were the majority 2016. The media didn't even come up with any contrived polls to tell us that, but we overrode the Algorithm, anyway, and now there's so many more of us awake and aware, and they're still not telling us, but we know we see it around us, we see people not complying, we see people reclaiming their compassion. Exactly, and
2: I think shows like this actually make it possible to kind of wake up the masses, wake up the people out there, you know, the girls the moms the daughters you know talk to your grandmas find out what it was like when they were young and when they what they went through
1: how how did they deal with it right grandma when you were my age and you're trying to be a wife and you're trying to be a mom and you're trying to be a career lady how did you do it i had jesus That's what my grandma told me. (laughs) So that's what I did. I went and found Jesus. But if I talk to my grandfather, I get a different answer. I get the, I did the work in front of me, Amy. I went to work every day. I made sure that your grandma and your mama had a house to live in. I made sure that I kept ourselves straight. I didn't, I quit drinking. I, you know, like I get different sets of instructions from the different people that i talked to, but you have to go to your elders. And unfortunately for most of us, our elders have been compromised. Either they were not afforded the opportunity to do the healing that they themselves needed to do because they were too busy living life. They were too busy trying to survive. We don't have the resources, like the people resources to go to to get this information. So it's imperative that you if you have those options, you use them.
2: Absolutely. Go to your
1: still alive aunts and uncles and even cousins. Like if they're a few years older than you, they they
2: they've been there. I really they have think fresher it memory is what it's like. I I think it is definitely time to start connecting with our families, start asking the questions, open the conversation, because it's beyond high time that we do that. If we want to survive as a society, because I mean, look around, society is decaying and crumbling around us. The only way to save our own asses and our own, you know, our our own sanities Is to open those conversations and start asking those questions. And circling back to
3: it, another way is keeping a journal or a diary of your thoughts. Yeah, we see the ones that are still um, stuck in that parrot mode. The ones that obviously are still watching the mainstream media voice of these puppet masters. Oh my
0: God, my my whole family, you know, they just can't. Yeah, they got to believe it, I guess. They just switched from they one gotta narrative believe Biden to Biden got 81 million votes. Yeah. I know. Like <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. <laughs> I mean, that's just one of them. But they're
3: starting to realize that the the media is totally controlled because and that repetition is the most basic form of mind control. There's a lot of um Meme things going around out there showing where every single m- mainstream
0: media is p- parroting the same words, same a threat to a our st- democracy. Yeah, I've seen that. Eight yeah, 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 I'd call that a threat to our. They're trying yeah. to act to get their Emmy, saying yeah. the same shit in a different way. I'd call that. Yeah, yeah, they do. <laughs> I'm trying to get an Emmy. <laughs> I I do get a laugh out of it, but.
1: The, we said it earlier that we are the majority, that there are more of us than there are of them. Absolutely. We said they showed their hand and that's what that clip just
2: 100%, 100%. and that's what we have to remember. We are the majority, not the minority. I I know Emily's constantly talking about repeal the 19th and stuff. But at the same point in time, just in general, in society, we women are the majority, not the minority. And we need to start acting like it. We need to start taking active roles in our children's lives, in our own own lives. lives. In our
1: own lives, most importantly, because you cannot pour from empty cups. You cannot save other people from drowning if you yourself are treading water. I don't care how strong you are. I don't care how tall you are. I don't care how good you swim. If you are drowning, you can't save somebody else drowning. Can't happen. Again, you both put on down. your own
2: oxygen mask first because you can't help anyone else until you help yourself. Bottom line. Yeah.
1: Right. Let's start with breakfast, lady
2: exactly food.
1: put protein in your mouth before you put caffeine in your mouth
2: well you know i i, I can't say that because um i've got you know a I bowl I, i've got a bowl and a cup you know i poured a cup As and I rolled up for the show coffee
1: i get me a spigoty spoon of peanut butter because i'm not genetically weak and allergic to peanuts and i eat me some peanut butter that is protein in my pie hole for my caffeine goes in The
2: kind of protein I was thinking about for the first thing in the morning was not peanut butter, but it is kind of a butter, just some nut butter. And there's the Gen X sexuality. I'm sorry. I I totally could not resist, but no, I'm a bad, I'm a bad monkey. And I think I need to get better on a Monday morning with making sure I have maybe like some bacon or something like that, that I can nosh on behind the mute button. Yeah. Just something little hand because like truly getting up at 6 a.m. to be on the mic for seven and make sure everything goes the way it should with the show uh surviving on on literally coffee and chronic first thing in the morning will only bring you so far
1: yeah that's true all right it'll bring us to this next clip though
2: it will and uh
0: it it talks more about uh writing down your thoughts Something that's important about healing from mind control, you were telling me, and I know it to be true, is journaling, right? And that's in your book. Uh, yeah, PTSD. Yeah, to heal.
3: It's a real simple brain trick that everybody can use to reclaim and retain their free thought, to think beyond the trauma, to be able to rise above the so the storm, so to speak, to get a clear path forward, and that's to pick up a pen. Yeah. Literally,
2: put it down on paper. Tell your story, even if it's only to yourself. And I I can honestly say, um, and this may actually at some point either come back to bite me in the ass or spur me forward. Because when I started listening to that book I told y'all about, um, My Daddy the Pedophile, it made me realize I need to write my story I need to publish a book about what it is to be the daughter of a pedophile and the fact that everybody looks at my mom when this shit happened and went, oh my God, are you okay? Like, how is this impacting you? Meh. Nobody ever stopped to look at me and wonder, how is this impacting you? What goes through your mind? What's been going through your mind? How do you feel knowing this knowledge, this ugly fact of the man who you saw as your knight in shining armor growing up because you were so fucking stockholmed and, and ultra manipulated by this narcissist father and his narcissistic family. No one stopped to wonder how it affected me and, and what it did to me. And it's only in hearing this girl have the courage to have written the hell she went through that I realized that there needs to be another side of that. You, you need to know the story of what it's like to be raised by someone who has done this. Now, mind you, okay. To my conscious brain, my father never touched me, but on another level, I kind of almost feel like what happened to me because of who he was was, was worse. And and I know there's probably going to be a zillion people out there screaming, how can it be worse? He never molested you. No. Well, he <clears throat> neglected me. Because he went the other club. fucking way. He went to the whole other end of the spectrum of, I don't want to molest my child so I'm going to emotionally block myself from this child.
1: Yeah. That. Well, number one number one rule of trauma club is we don't compare traumas. And if you listener find yourself doing so, don't do that. It's not good for you. It invalidates your own experience. Absolutely. Like, what happened happens, right? It was very real to you. It was your experience. And you can't gaslight yourself about it. So that's why we don't compare traumas. (laughs)
2: 100%. No,
1: 1000% even. The fact that the testimony that Kathy has given previously, that explains essentially what your desire of writing a book would do is, we know that this happens. We know why, kind of why it happens, but we don't know like what the fallout is. Like nobody follows up. Nobody, there's no knowledge of that. It's been a matter of national security to not tell us that we're capable of healing ourselves and dealing with our own stuff.
2: Because broken people are easier to
1: control. Because broken people are easier to control. Yes, ma'am. And in that same spirit, you writing your story, telling your experience adds to the knowledge base. That is something that they will never give us. So part of the reason why I choked out my inner critic and put my booty on the internet uh proverbially like my mouth my mouth booty on the internet um hey (laughs) either way there's shit coming out (laughs) (laughs) yeah either way there's shit coming out that's where I was going with that um but the thing that got me to finally do this is because I am tired so fucking tired I am tired on a spiritual level on a mental level this shit is so hard To see all the people who need helping on such a massive scale and knowing (laughs) that they will never get the help that they need. It's a crippling feeling to me. It's like watching a train wreck
2: in slow motion and you can't do a damn thing about it.
1: Right. And I can't keep knowing these things and just being mad at y'all for not knowing them. That's just stupid. And So it's my job to share the things that i find that apply to all of us you can take you can take this mk ultra mind control pull that out and put in public school you could put in alcoholic parents you can put in emotionally distant parents it applies to all of us
2: oh it's totally interchangeable
1: ultimately a manipulation of the biological systems in your brain that make you a human being. You yeah, know, like it's, exactly.
2: It's, it works on all of us. <laughs> it does. And I want to point out, uh, so Tiny House put in the chat, for those who don't know, Kathy actually testified in front of Congress, and of course, no surprise and that here. Should be open it to was: to the public. Yes, but it was sealed. Her testimony was sealed for <laughs> national, national security. security. Yeah, and, and we all know how we feel about that.
3: Bullshit.
2: Just saying. So, the
1: the state of our nation security depends on us not knowing how powerful thoughts in our brains traveled through our bodies, out our hands onto motherfucking paper, read by our eyeballs, is good for us. It is definitely good. Know that.
2: No, they
1: don't. Aside from everything else that Kathy says in that testimony about unelected peoples, uh, Mitch Romney's daddies, like Michigan, like aside from everything else she said, none of that was national security. None of it. They have would let it all out because it is out. We know that. Right. Right. <laughs> but the one thing that they won't come out with is the Himmler-esque...
2: Co-opted. Yeah, the, the whole Himmler-Adolf uh, connection there.
1: And and the, the, the studies and the research papers and everything else that's made up about this, it, it doesn't get out.
2: Oh, because they don't want it to. I mean, I can throw this back to the whole 50 years post JFK, all that unredacted shit was supposed to come out. We're well past the 50 year marker at this point. Yes. has Have we seen it? Fuck no, we haven't. Will we ever see it? More than likely, no. not. Not at least in my lifetime. Maybe yours no, if we're Nick lucky, Wilson. but I doubt it. Nick Cage, go find our own treasure thing. Exactly. Um, exactly. Um, and
3: you know, he here really is is where it starts, though. And just being indoctrinated
0: with a repetitive um, bombardment. Well, of you saw. You you were uh, owned. I guess is the word. I can't think of a, another word. You were enslaved uh to people who changed our school system right yeah they ruined yeah. our school system yeah talk about that the whole education of wasn't it called whole education global education global. Mm-hmm.
3: yeah it was um um my owner in MKUltra, mind control, my self-appointed owner, U.S. Senator Robert C. Byrd, who was head of Senate Appropriations. He was in Senate for over 50 years, you know, making sure that nobody voted in term limits, you know, because he wanted to stay there, like, forever. But um, he made the states dependent on federal funding for the school systems. Yeah,
2: Exactly. And I love the way you're like smashing your bell like a psycho over there. I completely I agree with that. It, I mean, I'm sorry, but uh, to to call back to the recent shit that we're seeing, uh, I would love to see the roster for Nambla and how many prominent fucking key political figures are named in those documents that no one will ever see. Just saying.
1: Well, that'll be a secret that dies with Jeffrey Epstein. That's oh, Just yeah, because, like you know,
2: Epstein hung himself. We all people. know that. It, yeah. it, it had nothing to do with anything, you know. No, no right. cover-up. Don't look over here.
1: Yeah, so so we've got Bird and then what's-his-bucket. And they managed to make states dependent upon the federal government for schooling of the indoctrination centers. So they got the states by the Jollies. Yep. Back then. And they've had them there.
2: I think we need to <clears throat> remind our listeners about how the whole education thing uh, really came to fruition. Uh, what we talked about last week with well, man... <clears throat> And uh, the
1: Prussian education. System. Yeah, that one. Um, the, the running theme has so far been figuring out how we all turn into parrots and why the world is on fire, and everybody seems to be okay with it getting nice and warm and toasty and doing s'mores. Um, <clears throat> and it's by design. From the Prussian education system, which is what gave us Adolf, um, and then what we did is we took all of that good, implemented it here, with our tycoons at the times, our billionaires at the times, our money men. Um, they implemented it, implemented it into everyday life to benefit not only the nation, but themselves, because they needed an educated workforce, they needed people to be able to read and write, they needed people to know that they'd have to show up for work one day, Um, and how to operate machinery, how to be a human being, Uh, they just, we were trying to go from more of an agrarian survival to we have our roots and our foundations, we're here to grow. Uh, So they implemented this education system, which comes from Prussia, which all they wanted was soldiers who would soldier. They, we don't want you thinking for yourself. We want you to do what you're told, when you're told, the first time you're told to do it. And that worked wonderfully. Gives us Adolf, gives us in America the uh, big push to make buildings and start railroads and have factories and we're we're getting it, we're going places. And then we have our higher education and all of these people are coming from this Prussian education system. They're going, they're getting trained, they're coming back and they're implementing what they have learned and they are starting to put to lay the foundation of having our own don't ask any questions, do what you're told the first time you're told to do it by somebody in a position of power
2: and and, and that has here been we are on a grand level and on a on a hundred years later right and, and this i mean circling to the things that we cover on Lotus effect. Yeah, Saturdays, 4 p.m. Central uh, <laughs> uh, the, the whole don't question authority You know, doctor tells you to do this You do it because what? Because he is seen as a person of authority Even if he's literally feeding you cyanide pills Doctor said do it, I do it That is the mentality Through the Through the Time And, and this is just another example of that
1: And The education system is co-opted it is funded and now it is so financially strapped and dependent that it has to depend on this money coming from the government with the government strings attached to it so how this played out exactly the way they wanted it to in the last four years um if you were a school that got funding of uh, free lunches, let's say, um, when the school shut down, you were required to still dole out that food. So you still had to have people coming to the building to pick up their like the, the lunches that you were sent. So even though everyone was told to go home and shelter in place, the cafeteria people still have to show up to hand out the food to the parents who still have to go out. So it's it's a dependence on the system. And if you, you don't do it, then
2: you don't get. I'll say it for those in the back. 1984, George Orwell. You pretty much can look at anything that we are seeing and see how Orwell had it right. In 1948, when 1984 was written he he knew it back then he saw it back then
1: well and when you run the long game it makes sense or if you sit like he did in 1948 looking around like i did in 2008 2012
2: we all have that ability though
1: happen right if it you know like we have we all have the ability to do it not everybody knows that they do Hopefully, if you've listened this far, you've at least been told. You have, we've definitely told you you have the power. Definitely. We definitely have told you you're the ones who can change your story. You're the ones who hold all the keys. And the only reason they get them from you is because you give them to them or they snatch them from you, which you could avoid most of it. Learn how
2: to hide your keys better. <laughs> Put them up high where they can't get them. <laughs> of course, we all know. The deceitful ways that the government does shit they don't at all follow any moral protocol at best
1: no they don't because they don't have they they think that they because there's no accountability the this controller. comes back to
2: accountability
1: yeah they don't think that there's anybody to hold them accountable because nobody showed up and told me not to if there was a god he'd stop me and he hasn't stopped me so i must be doing something right
2: yeah, that is totally yeah. the diabolical, old, fat, white man mantra.
1: I mean, um, look at Janet Yellen.
2: Oh, my God, yes. Queen
1: Elizabeth. There's a lot of ladies out here running around being shit stains, too. Oh, for...
2: <laughs> yeah, not Hillary. not the least of which. Killary. Uh, right, yeah. Who's that antiquatic windbag from Cali? Uh, Pelosi.
1: Oh, yeah. That Fucking
2: one. AOC. Right, all of the people... Cackling the Kamala. I mean, we could go on well, for dinosaurs fucking ages. the who have
1: been in there with their hands in the cookie jars, funneling people, funneling money, doodling whatever they want. Of
2: course.
0: Next clip. You got it. <laughs> well, doesn't NAFTA... Talk about NAFTA, because you were, were... Were you... were You you were working with the Clintons, or you were somehow uh, involved with the whole clinton nafta deal i'm gonna let you take this one
1: uh does the next clip explain that
3: it might the groundwork for NAFTA was rooted in drug and human trafficking across our borders. And even though they weren't blatantly open like they are today, national security was being invoked. It actually had them open even back then. And in the late 70s, Senator Byrd, as my owner, decided that I needed more traumatization and sent me to the backwoods of Louisiana where I was traumatized um, by a cult serial killer, um, CIA assassin, Wayne Cox, who also worked mercenary operations, and happened to have Roger Clinton, uh, Bill Clinton's half-brother, in his coven at that time, and they were working the CIA drug ops back then, the infamous MENA airport Uh, cocaine operations were already in place and and Bill Clinton was already working with the CIA ops at that time. So I saw some of the groundwork of the groundwork of NAFTA, which was the groundwork for the New World Order, and it involved their funding mechanism of drug and human trafficking across open borders. Bill Clinton was... um, just going in as attorney general back then he wasn't even Mm -hmm. uh governor of arkansas Mm -hmm. yet
2: bingo so there you have it that's that's definitely a teabag to the government on her behalf
1: yeah uh and part of the reason i tried to be not too political in my clipping was the cows um One of the things that happened under President Trump's presidency was he shut that border down. Yeah, he did. He said, figgety fuck no.
2: Why you think think they coming at him so hard on this 2024 shit? Because they can't afford him to pull that fucking shit again because they're losing biggity billions in this industry of trafficking when that border was closed.
1: Yes. Whether it
2: be drug or human.
1: And in the event to flex my compassion muscles, I, knowing what I know, knowing that a lot of us here are scratching dent, freaking traumatized, we all have our own crap that we're dealing with. um, We're already enough of a mess We do not need purposeful messes being made. We do not need people being uh, initiated, quote unquote, into being an American by getting human trafficked at the R tree before you can come across the border. Before you could be an American, this is what you got to do. Pardon me? Not in my America, Not not, not in my... Waves of grain, gold mountains, majesty. Absolutely not.
2: But yeah, when it, it it's it's truly the nim them money, the nimby.
1: When when it makes them money, then it's okay because we can tax money, and if we get our cut,
0: it's all right.
2: Everybody has a price, ultimately.
0: <laughs> Isn't it terrible that they say eighty five thousand children or more are just missing? Yeah, since they came across yeah, the that's, border. Yeah, that's that's
3: what they're counting. That's what what they know. And um, the drug and human trafficking has been going on my whole life. I was used in human trafficking, black ops, even as um, a little toddler. I was used as uh, in the blackmail operations that they had. The Epstein Island of its time was. Um, up at Mackinac Island, Michigan, where the George Romney was governor, and they were bringing in this groundwork for the New World Order and um, using blackmail for ushering it in. So, that, I mean, it's been going on my whole life, and I've seen it happening, and when the border was finally closed, I was so relieved. I just... what What President Trump did to expose mm-hmm. the human trafficking, the child sex trafficking, the mind control, the the horrors, the blackmail ops. Um, that's just, it's so amazing to have seen someone do that. So when they stole elections 2020, the first thing they did was fling that border back open. Mm-hmm. And I was devastated. I was so devastated to see that happening that I picked up that pen and paper and I started writing, I vented, you know, I wrote wrote poems and as I was writing to keep myself logical and not falling into that dark pit of negativities for for what was being done to the children and what was being done um, to the global population, um, it helped me. To be able to maintain my free thought, to be able to see solutions ahead, to be able to pick up that pen. Because when I would write out, and I encourage everybody yeah. everywhere to do it, it's write out your fear. That's right.
2: Write it down. That is the power that you have. No one can take away from you the ability to take a pen and paper and write down what you're thinking Whatever it happens to be. And again, I'll, I'll make the 1984 reference where, you know, he he bought a, a beautiful journal and would write into in it and had to hide it because, oh, my God, if the thought police found this journal, it, it was over for you, which, you know, spoiler alert, ended up happening anyway. But that is the one thing and they that's... cannot take away from you <clears throat> in modern day. Is you have the ability and the right to take a pen and paper, write it down, you know, get get it out there. Because whether you put voice to it or whether someone reads it or never reads it, at least you're doing it if for no one else but yourself. So we're going to go on to our next clip with uh, we're almost done with our clips for the show.
3: The National Center for Missing and Exploited Children was set up in the FBI building through Senator Byrd. He had actually had an office in the FBI building to set that up as a catch net operation for the children who were trafficked. And the FBI came in and just made sure that um, Lieutenant Colonel Michael Aquino could just stay free in spite of how many crimes he was caught up in, just like they cover up for the Clintons, you know, and, and the rest Epstein, of these perpetrators, yeah. For him mm-hmm. too. yeah, yeah, wherever the Epstein Island of the time is, yeah, to make sure that the traumas continue for mind control purposes, so. How do you see the positive future? People are onto it. They they're seeing it. They already know now about the Epstein Island. You know, I lived my whole uh, life with that kind of thing going on at Mackinac Island, Michigan. Again, I love the fact
2: that she literally names and shames the whole Epstein Island shit and the Michigan connection and all of the shitheads that are associated with, with Mitt it. Mitt Romney's daddy. Yep, Romney. That was. Another name that I, I was trying to pull out. He's been a yeah, fucking so, problem for a while.
1: Well, and they ran, when did they run him? They ran him uh, 12,
2: 2012. Something like that, so I think. 20,
1: uh, yeah, because it was, we got Obama in 08, and then, yeah, so 2012 would have been the next one. That was the first time that I saw, as a voter, as a grown up, if you become disillusioned with one, they will provide you the same thing in a different suit. Yeah. It's all about the rapper. Right. So, um, and now that I know that at the time I didn't know, I did not realize that Mitt Romney was legacy politician. I just thought the man had some good points. And then I looked into him and I was like, but it's again, generational. Not only is it they are traumatizing us generationally and allowing it to happen, right? It's not like the government can stop people from being shitty human beings. I understand that. But they also don't have to actively be shitty themselves. Well, so there, there's, there's only, your lead
2: by example.
1: <clears throat> right. So not only are we having our hurdles doubled up and higher, that allows them to funnel their kids. Around the hurdles, it gives them the opportunity to build a track that has no hurdles. Of course, it does. <laughs> so you have general. Let me, let me say this out loud so that way we can all hear it. We have political dynasties in this country. We don't have. We do. Kings and queens, which would somehow be better, I think, in my opinion. But we have political dynasties. We have been a country long enough to where the shitty people who are smart enough to go build the track next door, put their own kids on that track, and fuck them on with the hurdles and who gives a shit how they get. get, They'll figure it out. And if they won't, then they'll go to work. It'll be fine. Shut up. Yeah, Um, shut up, slave. Exactly. Right. We have political dynasties. You ain't picking nobody, baby. Exactly. You have no free choice. And when you do execute your free choice, like was said in a clip, when everybody votes and says, this is what we want, they still somehow, magically, get what they want more.
2: Always. Again, Always with the status quo being kept Always in their the favor. Fits. 100%. And... uh I think that uh, this this last clip will really kind of sum up our our message for the day and in what we're trying to say to everybody out there.
3: We need to get out in nature, feel the earth beneath our feet, feel the grass. Feel go barefoot.
0: Yeah, you need some CO two. Breathe the some air, oxygen, mm, d- yeah.
3: deep breaths. Get take that in. Feel the sun on your skin. Mm. Feel again, because not only have we been dumbed down, we've been numbed down, mm-hmm. and we need to learn to feel again. Mm-hmm. Reclaim our compassion. Reclaim our freedoms, mm-hmm. and reclaim the beauty and miracles and joy that yeah. life has. It's, it's so much
0: fun, yeah. isn't it? It is when you're out from underneath that blanket of fog and darkness. Hell everything, even the smallest thing is fun. Yeah. yeah. Well, I love you so much and I love sharing this podcast with you. Um and uh hope it hope it uh does both or all five of those things. And you know, I, I think that is the the
2: best message that we can say to all of the connoisseurs and listeners that we have is go out there, touch grass, breathe the fresh air. I like fresh air, motherfucker. Don't let the government Yeah. Touch touch ground. Be present.
1: Be absolutely where you are when you're there. That's if that's the one thing you can do today, is step outside your office, put your face up towards the sky, feel the sunshine on your face. Maybe you'll get lucky and a breeze will come by. And just be in that moment, you have done better than anybody else today. And all the people in your office probably didn't take that moment. And if you have somebody you see struggling, be like, homie, come with me. We're going to go get some outside. <laughs> we going to go get some outside.
2: That's right, because we're, we're all in this together. And at the end of the day, you know, we're all human beings. doesn't matter where we come from what our religious or political beliefs are. We're all human beings. We all deserve to live our best lives. And at the end of the day, you just, that's all you've got. Don't let the government take over your life. Think for yourself. Be the free spirit that you want to be. Heal your traumas.
1: Truly independent.
2: Speak your truth. Truly free. That's right. And the one, the one other thing we want to say to all of y'all out there, we love you. We will see you all again on Monday, bright and squirrely, 7 a.m. for some more coffee and chronic. Don't forget to tune in to The Lotus Effect, Saturday, 4 p.m. Central, and then followed by Studio 33, which is a great time. So uh, with that... Body, 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 body. Go out there and win that money, money, money. And until next week, I have been Phoenix.
1: And I've been Hemperson Liam. And love you. Drink water.
2: That's right. Be good to yourselves. We love y'all. Peace.